Good to have you here, three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Great Thursday to you. Kevin and Ben here with you. Glad you're making us a part of your day. So much to come on the show. We are two weeks out from the NFL draft, Ben Troop. And, of course, a lot of he said, they said, what could we do here? What are they going to do there going on uh, all around this draft? We'll talk to uh, Matt Lombardo, uh, insider, NFL insider for Fansided, who says, hey, a lot of folks think it's well-known that Doug Peterson wants to go offense with number one. I guess the question of, will he get to override that vote uh, and, and make it happen there for Jacksonville? He will join us coming up here in just a little bit. Braves out on the West Coast starting a seven-game road trip. Also, Hawks beat the Hornets last night in big fashion. They're on to yet another play-in game uh, coming up uh, Friday night. So we'll get to that. Uh, coming up on the show as well. But, Ben, always college football on the brain here on 3 and Out. ESPN's FBI, the Football Power Index, which is nothing more than a uh, formulation. Uh, It's not an opinion. It's not people voting on it. It is simply a computer saying, this is what I think, based on the uh, the data you give me, is going to happen. So they put out their top 10, Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, Clemson 4, Notre Dame 5, Texas, Michigan, Oklahoma, Pitt at 9, and at number 10, Auburn. Let me say that again. Number 10, Auburn. Not Texas A&M. Not an LSU. Not anybody like that. Auburn, number 10. Well, when I'm one, it shows that the the, uh, computer even knows that Alabama is the best team in the country. Ohio State. I mean, just look at the quarterbacks. Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner. C.J. Stroud, Heisman Trophy finalist. Stats the minute, coming off a national championship. DJU, can he live up to the hype? Notre Dame with the brand. Texas with the brand. Michigan coming off a banner year last year, winning the big, you know, uh, <clears throat> winning the uh the Big Ten and obviously beating Ohio State. Oklahoma's gonna be good no matter who's there. I mean, whether you're getting coach Venables, Pitt, we'll see what happens there with you know uh, you know, a Slovis. And you're talking about Auburn. No USC on it. No, no USC, and I'm talking about the Trojans. Uh, you talk about a team like Texas A&M. You talk about maybe a team that could have a resurgence like an LSU. I think, Kevin, when you think about these preseason rankings, like you said, somebody could say, who do you think is going to be top four? Oh, man. Mm. Alabama, they're bums. Georgia, they bums. You know, Ohio State, Clemson. And Clemson, for those who think they had a bad year, they won 10 games. They just didn't win, you know, enough games to obviously uh, go to the ACC championship game. But Auburn is a head scratcher. You talk about Coach Harston and just – I don't know what happened last season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you know, uh, uh, during the season, after the season, you know, I mean, Bo Nix moves on to Oregon. You do, Kevin, as you mentioned before the show, you got your running back, you got your you got your offensive line, but is Auburn going to be Texas A&M? No. Is Auburn going to be Alabama? No. Is Auburn going to even be Ole Miss? Maybe even Arkansas? Who knows? I mean, it's, and I and I just think that it, it can't be, listen. It can't be based off what they bring it back. Definitely can't be based off the schedule. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Coach Harson knows something we haven't. Maybe maybe who knows, man. Maybe maybe uh the person that put this together, maybe he's he's an Auburn fan. I I, I really, really don't know, but Auburn is a head scratcher, but it is preseason rankings now. Now those top four, I don't expect those guys to slip. Notre Dame obviously don't have to worry about being in the conference. They back to doing what they want to do and letting their residency speak for itself. Texas, I just don't get it. I mean, this Texas stuff, what, Steve Sarkeesian? I mean, and for those and, – and, and, and once again, Texas is kind of like – I mean, they ain't they ain't like the Cowboys. But you talking about brand equity? Oh, they got that. But as far as, like, being back, being back to what? 
They won one national championship under Coach Mac Brown, and that was in 2006 with Vince Young and that star-studded cast. I mean, he's had guys that, that came through there. I mean, he had Ricky Williams and Priest Holmes and so on and so forth. They have one natty. So when they're talking about getting back to this big brand of Texas football, I don't get that part. Michigan is Michigan. Michigan got the brand equity. I mean, Coach Harbaugh said, I'm going to come back to Michigan. I like being the big man on campus. I like running everything in Ann Arbor. Oklahoma is Oklahoma. Coach Venables, he's going back home. He's trying to do the Coach Frost thing. This is the thing about that, though. How is it working out there for Coach Frost in, in Nebraska? Sometimes... But I do think Oklahoma is a different animal. They're going to recruit really, really well. Pitt is Pitt. You know, bringing over Slovis from USC and Auburn. I, like I said, Kevin, I'm with you. I don't know how out of, out of anybody who could – Auburn? Auburn might be scratching the clone to get the six wins in, in 2022. I could be wrong, but I don't see how they preseason number 10. Yeah, again, I, I, it's going to be interesting to, to see what actually comes out in the human polls. But I feel like most people, if you would have said – come up with a preseason poll like most people outside of Auburn, maybe Pitt, would have come up with at least a top five. I mean, I know Texas is getting a lot of preseason uh, love and hype for what they've been able to do, but, uh, you know, if you're Jimbo Fisher, just got the best recruiting class ever and have been doing uh, some wonderful things, just beat Alabama last year, and the computers don't think you're very good, right? I mean, I, I say that in jest. I mean, you're not in the top ten, and I, I, at best you would be third in your division. That's not what you're going out there trying to do if you're, if you're Jimbo. And, again, this is a computer ranking. I'm uh-huh. sure Jimbo would say, well, it's a good thing they don't play football with computers. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, again, just a, a little bit of an insight into the early thoughts of a Pentium chip uh, in, in college football terms. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a wild season. And, obviously, Kevin, I will say this. I When I first got in media with you guys, and I didn't understand about sensationalizing things. I didn't understand it. And – now that I'm in it longer, I think to myself, we don't got to do this. Like, whoever did this, Auburn, so this is what this does. If you're Auburn. Well, computer go, did it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Maybe the computer's in sens- sensationalism. When people say, hey, man, do computer got glitches? The, the, the two words, <laughs> hell yeah, you got glitches. You need to slap the side of it. But, look, I, listen, I haven't kept up with Auburn that much. I don't know what they've done this offseason. I haven't really kept up with them in the transfer portal. You know Auburn is going to be competitive, but that don't mean you should be ranked top ten. Now, I, I just think that, too, when you start thinking about college rankings, it's who you are, who you play, and how you play. Well, Alabama fits that. Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson fits that. Notre Dame is Notre Dame. I don't know if Texas fits that. I don't know if Pitt is going to fit that this year with a guy in Kenny Pickett who was there five, I think, uh, five or six years before he was able to put it all together last year. Auburn definitely does not fit that. So I don't get the whole, you know, it is. Because it, when I think about the top ten, I could have easily thrown Texas A&M in there. I mean, I don't know how good USC gonna be out there. You know what? You know, uh, you know. But I, I, just, I just think that too. When you start thinking about teams that got a shot to make some noise, I don't think it's gonna be Auburn this year. And you, and you know how it is, Kevin. If Jacksonville, if the Jacksonville Jaguars couldn't even have a good season, and they pros with a, with a, with a, with a head coach that had controversy, Coach Harson. I mean, how awkward was him walking back into the freaking facilities with everything that was going on? You know, some of those players probably was involved in it. Now, sorry, fellas, he's gonna be retained. What? So, if they could get past the distractions, I know right now it's it's spring. We still got the summer, still got the fall. But I'm sorry, Auburn ain't been. Auburn went undefeated in 2004, didn't win the national championship, didn't even get a chance to play in one. <laughs> they won a national championship with Cam Newton, went to another national championship. You know, uh, but, I, but I just think that now, number 10, <laughs> listen, I have been proven, I get proven wrong all day, every day. <laughs> You're going to have to prove me wrong again with something like that. The this. computers will have to prove you wrong in this. No, I, and I wanted to go back to, is this still the uh, acceptable method for fixing a glitch? It just 
Smack, smack the electronics. Is that what we do? I mean, I mean, I, I know I, if you're of our age, yeah, like that's the first reaction. Like this stupid thing don't work. Smack. I mean, I mean you're and you give it, it a little love tap. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the default settings ain't what they used to be. Let's just <laughs> let's just call it let's just call it what it is. But Kevin, think about it. I mean, okay, me and you, you know, they say, hey man, we want you guys to put out the top ten, and this is our top ten. If we got to read it live, I said, yeah. well, dude, we got to, you got. <laughs> yeah, I, I look like I said, I haven't kept up with Auburn. This is the pre This is the early. And this early, is just, again, this is just a computer projection uh, based on. But but still, I, I, again, I, I'm I'm wondering what what input went in there based on what. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to, to, exactly. To, to, for who? For what? Yeah. When when did this happen? I, I do. I'm amazed though. I want to go back to you know how we fix electronics. I am amazed that through all of our technology. I mean, like this is a God's honest truth. That when we were kids, if the TV was not acting right, the solution was to hey maybe there's an electronic. Nope. Slap it. Boom. Bang. He knows, and usually it would come back. It would come back in. So it, throughout the course of all of our technological uh-huh. advances, the best solutions we've come up with for for fixes are slap it, hit it, unplug it, and plug it back oh, in. Yeah, no, no, no. Like that's like Listen, that, the, that's the, the whole unplug, thing. Yeah, the unplug and plug it back in. It, I I do that now. I like just, just turn it <laughs> off, turn it back on. Or what about what about the remote? You know, it ain't working, and you might be about as close to the TV and it start working. It's just. <laughs> Look, man, we come from the old school of technology. That is fun. That is true. I I will do that at home. Hey, the remote's not working, so you take a step closer. You take another step closer, and then finally, like you said, you're two inches from the thing. Something's wrong with this remote. Let's not even get to the rabbit ears. Look, man, you don't even want to get to that antenna with like. But you got all. All I'm saying is. Our kids now they think technology. I mean, y'all don't know. Like, I know. I know. I be sound like my dad when I say y'all don't know nothing about no bad technology. This, this is nothing. This, this right here. I mean, nowadays all you have to worry about now is bad weather conditions. And then you know, depending on what cable service you got, yeah. it might go out. But it's like, come on, man. I mean, you hit that thing. Oh, I like when you can't do it. And somebody go move out the way. Bam. See, you got to hit it. You got to hit it. It's coming back. You know, don't be, don't, don't love tapping. Man. You got to hit I, that thing. I'm just amazed that that was actually like right there on the side, just a little boom. I mean, and that's what your, your repair guy would do. You would take it to get a repair. He go, he like, hold on for a second. Mm, mm. See, man, I, it's probably two taps. You get it one time. <laughs> hey, look, they don't make them. Listen, not only is everything smaller now and more like compatible, they don't make them like they used to. They used to oh, yeah. You used to beat the brakes off this old technology, <laughs> and it'll still be just fine. No, no tech repair. Did you hit it? <laughs> did you, did tap, you smack did, it? Did you smack it or did you hit it? Because this is a hit, bam. But you got to hit it on the side, <laughs> on the top, rub it a little bit. Or I mean, I, I mean, all kind of stuff. Man, we done did all kind of stuff. I mean, don't don't even get me to talking about batteries. The kind of stuff you do for a battery to, to get it to work, yeah. hey man, that's a, that's another I'm a big, show for another I'm a big day. Fan. I will, I will, my battery seek it, especially on like the remote. You just take them out and flip them. Yeah. So if one's going down, the other's going. You just flip them and then it starts working. I don't don't ask me why it does, but it, but it does. Uh, and you can you can you will extend, do anything to keep from buying a new battery. Yeah, and you can that. you can extend. Well, I mean, if it's nine o'clock at night and your batteries go out in the remote, <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, I guess you can't well, you go to the store now. But go up to the TV and, t- and I'm not flicking the TV right there well, on the TV. On the no. new TV, you can't even do that. Like well, there's yeah. nothing to push. Exactly. So I mean, the, the way technology has is fun, but uh, yeah, the the rabbit ears thing was awesome. Now kids, these kids today think rabbit ears are on the Easter Bunny. That's really what I mean. It's like <laughs> that's 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 the end of it. Rabbit ears for a TV? What are you but, talking about? Get right. Was it dressing up for Easter? Or is like, is it gonna go find? And it? please don't let the handle of that old TV. They gotta go. Dun, 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 dun. Please don't let it come off. You gotta get a screwdriver and put it real tight. Listen, we didn't, we didn't did it all. We didn't did it all. I'm telling you, people, like, well, you got a screwdriver on your TV. That's the only way you're gonna. Yeah, Because when wrench. I think about it, yeah, because back in the day, because remotes have come a long way. Yeah. Now well, it I, used to be a little black remote. Just. 
Listen, you had the volume and you had the channel. That's yeah. it. Now, can't even figure out what nothing is. When I was a kid, my parents had a TV where the power was a uh, pull thing. So you pulled it on for power to come on. You pushed it to turn it off. So when uh, when when that broke off, you had to get a pair of pliers and pull it out <laughs> to get the TV to come on. <laughs> It is, what it, is. it is what it is, man. Yeah. We'll make it work, make it happen. Yeah. we got so much more to get to here on 3 and Out. Not only did they put out preseason rankings, we also got playoff scenarios. And people say, oh, college football, man, it's wide open. For all the we shouldn't expand the playoffs, I will tell you why. That's false. Just based on a simple computer. We'll get to that next. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here, 3 and Out, Matt Lombardo. NFL insider for Fansided joining us coming up here in just a little bit. We'll talk uh, about his column. What do the Jags do at number one? He talked with a lot of folks about what Jacksonville uh, is going to do at number one. Could it all be a smoke screen for someone else? We'll get to uh, that coming up in just a little bit. But Ben, the uh, same little computers there for the college football, or the ESPN's football power index, did the preseason rankings. They came out with the college football playoff projections, and they ran the scenarios. And I will say, people say, oh, we don't need to expand the college football playoff. It works great. What is the most likely scenario, Ben, that you think the football power index came up with for the college football playoff? Um, let me guess. It's a team, it's a team from the ACC named Clemson. It's a team, it's two teams from uh from the SEC, one in the East, one in the West with Alabama and Georgia. And this is just just awful brand and, and team, <laughs> you know, out of you know, uh, out of the Big Ten called Ohio State. That is correct. It's Alabama, Georgia, <laughs> Ohio State, and Clemson. Again, so a computer telling us what we mostly already know. And again, so that had a, they, they said that, had, and again, for those of you who don't want to expand the play, they said that had a 20% chance of happening. That's like the most likely scenario uh, based on their formulations that it's Georgia. You want to know what the next few were? So again, you get up to like 30 or 40% of the projections all have some of those teams in. Only Notre Dame and Texas got into the next four scenarios. That's it. And they replaced Clemson in a couple. I think Georgia was out in one. Alabama was out in one. And Ohio State was out in one. Otherwise, it was Notre Dame was in one. Texas was in three of them for some uh, ridiculous reason. I don't. I, again, until they do it, I, I I don't know if we're believing the Texas we're back uh, situation. But again, we don't need to expand the playoffs yet. Ben and computers came up with basically the same four teams who they feel like are going to be in there. Now, does that mean that's who it's going to be? No, but the most likely scenario are Georgia, Clemson, Bama, Ohio State. Again, you could do that with very little college yep. football knowledge yep. uh, and, and have a lot of people come up with those four teams. Does that seem like a good system? I don't know. But, again, 20% likelihood of those four teams making it into the college football playoff. When people start talking about odds, we haven't played a down of football. There's a 20% chance these four teams are going to get in. According to the, the computer. And, and I'll keep, I'll I'll keep I, saying that. And yeah. I'm versus the field. I'm going to say this, and I know people don't like this. If your team – hasn't even sniffed uh, a college football playoff. If your team hasn't even gotten an opportunity to win their conference, you're not going to win a natty. I'm, I'm telling people right now, while we make a big deal out of the national championship, it's about perception and recruiting rankings. Prove me wrong. Because Texas A&M has the number one recruiting class in the country. That's all they're going to get. They're not going to win the West. They're not going to beat Alabama. They're going to be scratching the claw for second and third place. And yet, come 2023, they're going to try to have another recruiting class, right? Kirby Smart finally got over the hump, won the national championship, right? Number one, number two in recruiting. Who's number three in recruiting? It's going to go Alabama, Texas A&M, 
Georgia, number one, two, and three in recruiting. All right, well, well, Texas A&M can't beat Alabama, so they can't be in the top four. Ohio State, they lost to Michigan, and people, this, this is the thing. Ohio State lost to Michigan, what, this is the first time in, what, 10 years? The last time the last time LSU beat Alabama, they won the national championship in 2019. Hadn't beat them in, like, almost eight years. When you start talking about the computer, the computer says, all right, blind, t- blind taste test, we're going to just throw them in. I'm not going to tell you who. Boom, you be like, it's Alabama. All right, do it again. Throw it in there, Georgia. All right, do it again, Clemson. Do it again, Ohio State. They did it 50 times, and one of them, <laughs> and, and, and out of, you know, two times it popped out, no day popped out, freaking Texas. Who thinks Texas is going to be a part of this? Who thinks Texas is going to beat Oklahoma? So all I'm saying is when you get to talking about college football, right, it's about when you peak right now. In the, in the world of recruiting rankings, who is peaking? Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Who's going to be hard to beat? Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Notre Dame, they got to run the gauntlet. They got to go undefeated. They, they, can't, lose, they can't lose any more games in the regular season. And I'm sorry, with Texas, I get so sick of that. I get, we're back to what? I mean, you can't even win in the Big 12. Now you're going to come over to the SEC in a couple of years. I just know, Kevin, when we start thinking about – the powers that be, I mean, the University of Georgia and the, and the University of Alabama is the reason why the SEC has it just means more. Let's just call it what it is right now. And that's taking nothing away from the Floridas. It's taking nothing away from the LSU and the Texas A&M and so on, so on and so forth. If you can't beat Georgia Alabama, you can't win it. Clemson can, maybe. I don't think Ohio State can, not, not right now. So we talked about slapping the old technology. Boom, the last thing. <laughs> this segment is right back. Think about this, 2020. 2019, 2021, 2018. Who, who, who going to be the top four teams? All those Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. It's been that the last, what, five years? And it's not going in where Georgia just won a national championship. So now they can afford to lose the game and still get in. Because they went undefeated in the regular season. We're going to have to see if they cannot win the East, which I don't see nobody you know, really beating them right now. So, yeah, Kevin, different year. Same result. Now they say we did it with the computers, though. Even the computers know. <laughs> yeah. The computers know, hey, man, my software ain't built to deal with this Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio. I got to spit this stuff out. I can deal with all this regular other stuff. No, I'm, so saying, we'll I'm just saying the more, the more people say, oh, it's it's more than 14. I mean, by the computer models, as, as they said, through, again, through their own football power index, you have the same four teams as the most likely scenario that we've talked about a lot with a few outliers being Texas and Notre Dame. And that's pretty much it. I mean, and so when people say, oh, there's nine, ten teams that could win a, a national championship, I mean, maybe that's true. But you look at some of the ways that, that people look at it. Polling, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, going to be there. The way some of this stuff plays out, maybe Notre Dame, maybe a Texas. I don't know that there is ten teams. And that's why when people get all mad and say, oh, you got to have more teams in the playoffs. Well, we can't do that. Of course you can when you say, look at, look at what every sports league is doing right now. And I know people say, you don't want to ruin the regular season. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, the regular season, for the most part, gets ruined as soon as a team, if your team's not named Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, as soon as your team loses the game, that's it. It's over. It's over. You're playing for the Car Quest Bowl. Yes. You play for whatever. Yes. Uh, so I, I know people say, well, that mean, well, what if your team loses in week two? Mm-hmm. Every week matters. Well, well no, no. not after week three, it didn't. No. I mean, so uh, that, that that's that's I what mean, I one, always get. Portion, I mean, let's call it a big portion of a big portion of the country really doesn't matter when you talk about football. 
Like no, but I'm, I'm not even saying that though. But I mean, the NFL expanded their playoffs. Did we need to do it? Maybe not. But it's still. It's, yeah, teams I, think, I think you expanded it because, like you said, it's good. Oh, look, look, we act as if everybody thinks you're going to tarnish the brand. You're going to mess up what? Like it's more football. How many bowl games did you watch last year? I don't watch. That's right. So all those other teams are in bowl games. They got so many bowl games now. They'll do three or four bowl games in one day. We made up a bowl game. Listen, last year, just though, a, just yeah, we, had, we had a no-name bowl game last year. We still don't know what the location was, right? Kevin Thomas is about to have, you know, a new Las Vegas bowl. We got to, we got to talk to, uh, we got to talk to, uh, you know, uh, you know. Uh, Derek Carr is going to help me sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the owner, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, you know, the owner right there, the owner Davis, he, he going, you know, he going to help us go out there and uh, get one. But no, I, I just, I just think that what's the problem? It's almost like it's not indicative of college football because you got too many teams, and you telling me out of 130, what? P5 or whatever it is, you got G5, 14. That's ridiculous. There is no other sport that's like that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're t- it, 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 and people say, well, so it's a, again, I'm talking about just you want to mix it up and get new teams in there, and people say, oh, well, this team's always going to win. Well, if it's based on four teams and money and prestige and who's going to the playoffs, yes, those four teams are going to be there for a long time. If I'm team number 10 in a 12-team playoff, and I can go to my, my, fan, my recruits and say, look, we're in the playoffs. We need you to help us take a next step. Again, that helps disperse the talent, in my opinion, whereas right now, if you're a high school kid and you're like, I really want to win a championship, there's like four or five schools you want to go to. I mean, outside of that is positioning for the National Football League. I, and and, 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 and I, I used to not ever talk like that because, again, I love college football. I think it's great. At the end of the season, though, I think even if you – and the argument shouldn't be, well, so-and-so doesn't have a chance. You know who people also say doesn't have a chance when you get to, like, college basketball? Gonzaga. I mean, they made the Final Four. They made the national championship two years ago. So I just think the argument of, well, they can't win anyways, so they shouldn't get in. No, that's that's the that's the wrong reason that, to look at really, a playoff. And, and that the, really, really – and, 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 and yep. even to take it a step further, the regular season – you get rewarded by going to the playoffs. And people are saying, look, man, tw- undefeated is not created equal. Sometimes I understand. You I mean, yeah, I understand. But I, but I, but I, but I will say, no, what really, no, the big reason why they won't put teams in is because a no-name team can beat a big-name team. For, for one game, see, it don't, it, only, it don't matter when I got 10, 12 other games in the season to redeem myself. But for one game, oh, you can lose. And they'll say, well, they only lost. No, they, they lost because they didn't win. That's why they lost. So I think what scares the most, Kevin, is they know, dude, we don't want to be, we don't want to start showing that the talent is a lot more even. That's almost like if well, one team gets out of the pub all the time, well, we know who they are. If you're the new team on the block and we don't hear about you that much, I, I give you a Coastal Carolina. Well, Cincinnati took Cincinnati two years to get into a playoff. They had to be good for two years about, uh, uh, to know, get into a playoff. You know like Cincinnati? UCF, because they did it. They, 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 but they, they lost one game in two years, and that was the LSU. With Joe Burrow and like, oh, they, they done. I, I I just think that college football is a lot more even than people give it credit for. I just think that okay, these four are in, but you still should be able to put another. I don't know, at least four other teams in, maybe even maybe even uh you know six if you got two automatic, you know you got two uh top tier. T- I I just think it's crazy, man. I mean because while Georgia is the big dog on the block right now, it took them forty one years to do it, and they did and they got it done. Give somebody else a chance to get in there, and like you said, you're gonna see a good game no matter what. Even if the even if the if the if the, if, if the St. Peter's of the world ain't good enough, don't let them don't let them in the tournament. But see what happens. Kentucky done gone first game. So I just think Kevin, we can do a better job of it. I don't see what the big deal is. It is 
But it, we don't want to share that pot. Yeah. We only, we I, only got again, to four ways. I just think it's when, when, when if you are a playoff person, you're like, no, four is enough. I mean, when most people can tell you who the four best teams are, allegedly, and when most people are looking at it here uh, saying, and you put a computer saying Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson is the most likely outcome, you got to look at a way to distribute the talent. I, I don't even know if the talent is the right way, but make sure that other teams can have a chance. Otherwise, again, if you're an elite college, we saw three teams get over what, 50%, 40% of the top 300. That's not a way to grow the game, right? If, if that, This would be the equivalent of the Yankees, the Red Sox, and I'll just throw them out there, the Astros, because they'd be those three teams get 20 picks in the, t- in the top 50 players in a draft to work their front every year. And then we want to know why nobody but the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Astros go to the World Series and win. Well, okay. And I know people's answer is like, just recruit better. Come on, man. Like, you're that's smarter ridiculous. than that's that. That's ridiculous. You're smarter than that. Like, there's so much that goes into it of, now you have NIL money. You get booster money involved. You get all kinds of stuff. It is so difficult to try to compete with an Alabama and a Georgia right now at Clemson and Ohio State in the world of college football. We got more to come here on 3 and Out. We'll talk some draft. Matt Lombardo, fan-sided, joins us next here on 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. We are two weeks away from the draft today. Everybody looking at number one with what the Jacksonville Jaguars will do. Our next guest, NFL insider for fan science, spoke with a number of folks around the National Football League about just that question. What will the Jags do? Matt Lombardo uh, joins us here on 3 and Out. Matt, welcome. How are you? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, appreciate you coming on. So uh, everybody's telling us it's, it's Aiden Hutchinson, it's Aiden Hutchinson. You've got a couple of folks saying, Hey, maybe that's a smoke screen, not so fast. Yeah, my, my only consensus about what the Jaguars are going to do at number one after talking to a handful of executives, scouts, coaches, and a current GM guys is there is no consensus about what the Jaguars are going to do at number one, not around the league and maybe not even inside the Jaguars' war room because the people that I talk to, it, it really sounds like Trayvon Walker is legitimately in play as the number one overall pick and that it comes down to which of the pass rushers the Jaguars prefer. But multiple people, including an AFC coach, have told me that Doug Peterson really aims to come out of that pick with the best offensive lineman in this draft to kind of foster some goodwill with Trevor Lawrence and kind of jumpstart rebuilding that offensive line. So, we're two weeks out, and it doesn't sound to me like there's anything that's been solidified for the Jacksonville Jaguars with the number one pick. So, Matt, that being said, I mean, who does who does who does uh, who does Mr. Khan trust? I mean, does he trust does he trust Doug Peterson, who obviously has a Super Bowl, or does he go or does he go with the GM who who's in charge of picking the players? Because as you mentioned, Evan Neal was a consistent number one overall pick for for a number of weeks, and all of a sudden, I mean, he kind of slid, and it became Aiden Hutchinson. If it were you, would you go with the offensive lineman, or would you stick with the pass rusher? You know, that's a really tough spot, because I look at both of these pass rushers, and I think that they are immediate plug-and-play, high-impact, starting-caliber edge rushers in a conference where you have to go up against Patrick Mahomes, you have to go up against Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson and on and on and on. But I just look at what the Jaguars are trying to build there and how important it is to set a young quarterback up for success and what a disaster it was 
for Trevor Lawrence in his rookie season with Urban Meyer, all of the drama that went on around there, and then the real mess that that offensive line had become and the steps that they've made, signing Brandon Scherf, bringing in Cam Robinson on a franchise tag, it almost feels like this is their opportunity to get the line right, right? So if I were Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson came to me and pounded the table for Eka McQuanu or believed that Evan Neal was the number one franchise offensive tackle in this class, me personally, at Lombardo, it would be tough for me to pass up on taking the tackle because this class is so deep, Ed Rusher. You can get a starting caliber player in round two, and the Jaguars certainly are well-positioned from a draft capital standpoint that if they wanted to move back into round one, maybe get a George Karlaftis, maybe get another edge rusher who might be falling, you can trade back in and get that guy while coming away with your bookend offensive tackle. So if it were me, I'd take whoever the top offensive tackle is on their board. Do you think Doug Peterson wins that conversation, though? I guess to kind of follow up Ben's question, or is Trent Baalke, who uh, has a lot of uh, displeasure uh, from the uh, – receives a lot of distaste from the uh, Jaguar faithful – does Trent Valky ultimately get the the override vote there? Does or does Doug Peterson win that argument? I mean, I know we talk about, what we, but in that in that scenario, does Doug Peterson get what he wants? You know, here's where I think things stand. I mean, you look at Trent Valky and his reputation around the league is about as as maligned as it is among Jaguars fans. He's not a guy who I think a lot of people wanted to work with or work for during this hiring cycle. And the flip side of that coin is Doug Peterson wasn't exactly in hot demand this hiring cycle when it comes to head coaches either. It's going to come down to Shad Khan basically deciding whether he's going to cast his die with a Super Bowl-winning head coach or a general manager who might have one foot out the door. It's a really tough call, guys. And, you know, given Balky's reputation, it wouldn't surprise me if he winds up winning this power struggle and whoever he decides is worth the number one pick that's going to be what the Jaguars wind up doing. Man, you mentioned you understand what the Jags are trying to build around a guy like Trevor Lawrence. <clears throat> but Aiden Hutchinson has been, you know, on most boards, clear-cut, number one overall pick, a can't-miss prospect. When you watch Aiden Hutchinson, obviously he's going to have to be a, a opening-day starter to go alongside Josh Allen on the other side. What do you like about his game, and how does it translate to the National Football League? Well, I think it's the fact that he doesn't put, take any plays off. I think it's the fact that he has a high motor. I think it's the fact that he has a multitude of, of pass rush sets and, and rush moves that he can deploy on opposing tackles. And he's just one of those guys that, you know, you talk to people around the league, they see a little bit of Jared Allen in him. They think that he can be someone who makes multiple Pro Bowls. I think that's what kind of stands out about him. He's not a guy that um, ha- has all of those, X-factors, if you will, that some of the top pass rushers in the league. He's just very consistent, very clean, and very productive. And, you know, I'm not sure that that's the way that Jaguars are going to go at number one. If they look at his tape and say, you know what, we can win with that guy the way he is, then they'll take him. But if they project that someone like Trayvon Walker with his athleticism, his explosiveness, um, has more upside, and they're betting on upside at number one, I could easily see someone like Walker or maybe even a sleeper like Kayvon Thibodeau um, fall into that conversation. Talking with Matt Lombardo, fan-sided NFL insider. And, Matt, I know you talked to a lot of folks about the first round. Who was kind of like the consensus sleeper pick that nobody's out there trying to put out there, hey, we're really interested in this guy, but somebody's going to get a, a steal in the first round? Yeah, I think it's two guys. I think it's George Karloftis out of Purdue who – 
in some circles, had been talked about as a top-10 pick at one point. Seems to be sliding in terms of public perception. But he's someone that people inside the league are really high on. And uh, Kyle Hamilton, you know, you talk about a guy who at one point was in conversation as a legitimate top-three pick. I'm not buying this narrative that he's sliding down boards. People that I talk to, executives and teams of teams across the league, they basically told me that he has the range, the versatility, he has the vision, the instincts to be a top-tier safety in this league. And I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if we watched the NFL draft in two weeks and Kyle Hamilton was off the board a lot earlier than a lot of people expect. Man, when you look at how when you look at how these uh, these uh, receivers have just transitioned from college to pro, I mean specifically these LSU receivers of Chase and Justin Jefferson, but these guys coming in breaking records as rookies, this this receiving class is loaded. Who is your who is your top receiver? And who you think got the biggest chance to come in day one to make an impact? Yeah, I think it's hard to argue against Olave as a speedster. I think it's hard to argue against, you know, uh, Jamison Williams coming in. I think that they both can be immediate um, starters and high-level players. But a sleeper to watch is Jahan Dotson. I mean, he's a guy that is a legitimate yards-after-the-catch weapon, somebody who uh, you can move outside, probably is going to be better in the slot. Not the, not, doesn't have the biggest frame, which is probably why he slides down some boards but he has the speed, he has the hands, he has the explosiveness. Um, those would kind of be my top three receivers who I think are going to make teams really happy. And I think that a couple of those guys might be able to be had after six top 15 picks or so. Yeah, wide receiver class, very, very deep. Matt Lombardo, NFL Insider with Fansided, our guest here on 3 and Out. Matt, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. You got it, boys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. And you can check out Matt uh, there at Fansite. A great piece on the, the first round. And uh, certainly the Jaguars got some folks saying, hey, don't uh, believe 100% that it's Aiden Hutchinson uh, that's going to be taken there at number one. We'll react to that when we return. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Ben, react to what Matt Lombardo said. I'll. Uh, Maybe Doug Peterson wants offense, yeah. and why not? Saying, look, I want to give a – he called it, I think uh, Matt phrased it as a gesture of goodwill to your quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Do you go out and get an offensive lineman there at number one? I think what Doug Peterson understanding is, you know, uh, Kevin, he's saying, look, who's the best player on my team? Trevor Lawrence. Take nothing away from Josh Allen. Who's the face? Trevor Lawrence. You go back when he won a Super Bowl. He had a guy like in Carson Wentz who was having a MVP season until he got hurt, right? What did he have around him? I mean, you talk about you talk about uh, you talk about like uh, the three headed monster at uh, at tight end. I mean, he had he had a uh, Selick. I mean, he had Burton. He had Zach Ertz. Now this year he got Evan. You know he got uh, Evan Ingram. He's gonna have to add some tight ends. They went out there and got Christian Kirk. They, they're going offense. And Doug Peterson saying. Who's gonna Who's gonna help us win the quickest? This defense is gonna take some time because you got a lot of young guys. So he was like, "If I can keep Trevor Lawrence upright, we got a good shot." Because he's looking at okay, the AFC South. No one's afraid of the Colts, even if they just added Matty Ice. Got to find a way to, to beat Houston. That that that's that's that goes that that goes without saying. And you got to find a way to you know, be competitive with Tennessee. You got a shot to compete in this division. Now, that's easier said than done. And I think that's what any team, any great team is saying, all right, give me the player that we got to protect. We got to protect Trevor. What's the best way to do it? Give him an offensive lineman. When we gave him Cam Robinson, check. All right, we can go out there and, you know, uh, we can go out there. We got Jawan Taylor. We can go out there and get an Evan Neal. 
you know, and I think what happens is, Kevin, you got the – Trent Baalke is the wild card, though. Trent Baalke, while he is not liked by 31 other, other teams, there's an owner in Jacksonville that seems to love him, that seems to say, dude, I trust what you're doing. So do you trust Doug Peterson, who is proven? How many coaches in the NFL can say they won a Super Bowl? Not many. Trent Baalke has proven to be god-awful with his decision-making. <laughs> so it's I true. do think it's going to come down to, to the trust factor. I wouldn't – and, Kevin, look. I would not be surprised if anything happened with this with this first pick because if you think you can't compete now and in the future, you get Evan Neal. If you think it's going to take some time, you get Aiden Hutchinson because you say, okay, well, we're going to start building our defense. You know, we're going to get us. So you have a number one overall pick at a defensive end, a number one overall pick at quarterback the previous year. But if you're trying to win now and protect your future, you go with Evan Neal. And you say, well, you're going out and you just franchised uh, the, the left tackle. Uh, out there in in Cam Robinson, yeah. why are you going out and 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 getting more? I mean, again, Walker Little, you could kick inside. Uh, Jawan Taylor could move to a backup role. You could have Robinson and Neal. You went out and signed Brandon Scherf uh, to play one of those guard spots. I mean, Ben, you're you're talking about even with a rookie at one of the tackles, probably right tackle, you could have a top ten offensive line, uh, right? And that's good if you're Trevor Lawrence. Hey, we've seen really good offensive lines. Make average skill players look really good, right? And I'm not saying they're going to be just out there, but again, let Trevor Lawrence have some time, open up holes in the run game, and all of a sudden you say, man, Jacksonville looks kind of competent, but I thought their running backs weren't all that. I thought their wide receivers weren't that deep. Well, amazing things happen when you have time. And to, to me, I feel like that's a, you've invested a lot. Who's going to be first to go? Trevor Lawrence or Aiden Hutchinson? Ain't going to be Trevor. So you might as well put something in front of him to help him stand upright. Yeah, and football one-on-one is I got to protect my greatest asset, and I don't care whatever. If your greatest asset is not your quarterback, you're not going to win a lot of games anyway. I mean, you look at you look at the playoffs. The playoffs are going to give two new teams an opportunity uh, to, to venture into the playoffs. Now, last year, people could say, well, what about Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow is a top-ten quarterback. He proved it in the second year. Joe Burrow has won. But even then, Ben, they had to go protect him. Exactly. Now, now I will say this. And they didn't do a great job, but it they was better not. than it was the year before. I will say this. People, you got to put some context on when they beat Tennessee. You had a you had a limp. You had a Derrick Henry that hadn't played all season. That this obviously going to play in the playoffs. His health. He wasn't himself. You had an offensive line with Cincinnati that gave up what nine sacks to Tennessee. The problem was Tennessee couldn't convert those those uh, those uh, three and outs or those sacks into points. So, so Cincinnati goes on to win. When Cincinnati needed to get off the field, I mean, when Cincinnati needed to make a play, Aaron Donald said, "Nope, I'm not." I'm, I'm. So there's no, there's no, there's no fault in losing to the Super Bowl champ. But when you think about it, Kevin, the reason why they ain't even make it to the Super Bowl in, uh, in Joe Burrow's second year because his first year he tore his ACL. He's out for the year. So I think that what teams are doing, Doug Peterson is saying, "Look, man, what wins games is complementary defense, high powered offense." Every Single year, that's what you've been saying. High-powered offense, complementary defense. You don't believe me? Who won the Super Bowl? High-powered offense. Now, I'm not calling. I'm not saying. I think the Rams, Rams were a little bit more than complementary. complementary but I will say that when you think about the Jaguars team, if Aiden Hutchinson is the number one overall pick, where's his help? Meaning, Josh Allen might get a double team. It's just him. The D tackle position has had to be addressed either in the draft or maybe maybe before the season start with a camp casualty or something like that. So they say, what is the for sure pick? Evan Neal is for sure. I, I try to stay away from the for sure can't miss picks 
But Evan Neal is pretty freaking good. That, the, the young man I look at good. Evan Neal, even if he busts, he's a tackle for five, six years in the league. Yes, right? he, I mean, he, I, he, I, play, he plays. Okay, people go, how do you know you got your money's worth? He signed a four-year deal with a fifth-year option. He said he played that five years. He's made it. Most guys ain't making it. You know. Okay, uh, there's a guy by the name of Baker Mayfield. This is fifth year. He about to get the hell up out of Cleveland, right? It happens. So I think that for me, if Doug Peterson is the head coach, good to have you here. Three and out on this. Thursday afternoon, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day. The clock got me there. Top of last hour. You know, Ben and I were talking about offensive tackles and guards, and we just got carried away. Hey, man, it happens. We know. You, you get involved with, uh, with draft talk, and all of a sudden – we, we, put, our, two we minutes, put, our GM, put our GM hats on. We think we can do a better job than Trent Baalke. What can well, I say? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think we can. I'm just saying. Maybe in the picking. I don't know. You start getting all them big numbers and how it works, I, I might well, not I do know. so we, well. We pick them and we get out of there. They pass yeah. the pick them and we go. Hey, Ben yeah. Kevin. No, no, no. Y'all figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's you just said pick the guys. Doug, here he is. <laughs> <laughs> you just said pick guys. That's what I exactly. did at the end of the day. All said and done. Well, it's 4 o'clock. Let's take three. Here on three and out. All right, Ben, take one. Draft two weeks from today, obviously. What is the smart pick? Because the Falcons can literally go anywhere. And I actually saw a, a draft prognosticator. Uh, you know, they were doing questions for every team, and they're like, the Falcons literally can pick anybody. It's fine. What is the smart pick at number eight? The smart pick at number eight, if he's there, if, if it's not a – if it don't end up being a bunch of smoke screen, it's Kayvon Thibodeau. When you talk about the when you talk about the Atlanta Falcons and what they need, they need a pass rush. I know they went out and got Lorenzo Carter, you know, in the offseason, you know, signed a one-year deal coming over, uh, you know, uh, from the Giants. But if Kayvon Thibodeau is there, he is a smart pick because look, I go back, I go back to four years ago when he's coming out of high school, the number one overall recruit I was at. Uh, Florida State with B.J. when Willie Tigers debut, he was there by himself. He's literally out there on the field by himself, to, you know, you know, taking pictures, shaking hands, you know, kissing babies like the president. And then when the rest <laughs> of the freaking recruits came, he actually went back and said when the recruits came out, he went back in. He had the tailed off. The guy was one of the best players in college football the last three years. So I think he is a smart pick, Kevin, because, one, it feels a huge need. Now, he's going to have to get some help. But I think if he's there, I think he's a smart pick. And if I had to go up number two, maybe I would go maybe like a sauce garden. I think when you think about what, what A.J. Terrell did in his second year, if you got two bookend corners, I mean, you can put them two guys on the number one and number two receivers on any opposing team. That gives your defense a chance to go out there and kind of, you know, uh, work their schemes on the inside. I like sauce walker too, but I like Kayvon Thibodeau one. Uh, that'd be interesting to go DB again. Uh, it seems like yeah. the Falcons really like uh, DBs and – Wide receivers in the uh, in the first round. To me, like the, the smart pick would be like a Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, if he's there. Oh yeah. Uh, just again, I, I know people say you didn't say one, and I didn't. Well, you did. You did say K. With I didn't say defensive end. I, again, been there, done that, oh, seen yeah. that story. I like. I, I, I just like how many. It's not so much like well, we got to surely walk it. Like, but how many times are you just going to spend that draft capital on getting that guy and hoping it works? Like. Get somebody you know. It's the culture of the Falcons at this point. I, I'm saying, but Kyle Hamilton, lock in. Oh, Kyle him, Hamilton's there. I'm just saying, yeah. if he's there, lock in. That's smart. Let him play. Be the back end so you have a complimentary piece to go with A.J. Terrell in that defensive backfield. And then, I mean, again, as we've heard, defensive end is so deep in this draft, go in round two and, and get you a D in. I, 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 I just I don't want to waste a first round. And it's, I shouldn't even say waste. I just don't want to use a first-round draft pick on a D in at this point if I'm Atlanta. Right, because what are we going to be saying this time next year? Well, if I'm a Falcon, I'm really looking at the defensive end class, and 
saying, I got to give me one of those. It's like, well, well, how, how many times do you want to keep saying that? At the end of the day, I'm going to go stay on the defensive side, but let's shore up the uh, extreme back end there. All right, moving on. Take two. We're two weeks out, as we mentioned. We talked with Matt Lombardo. We said, hey, maybe it's a smoke screen. Maybe people aren't as big on Aiden Hutchinson. Doug Peterson wants to go offense. Do you still think Aiden Hutchinson will be the pick or is the right pick? for Jacksonville to make there at number one. I do oh man. I do think Aiden Hutchins is gonna end up being the pick, Kevin, because I think what happens is when you start looking at players, it's bigger than if you get them. It's what happens if you don't get them and they end up being the person that's keeping you out of playoffs or just terrorizing you. And I think that's what a lot of teams are looking at. It's like, okay, bigger than if we don't get him, how bad can he potentially hurt us if we play against him? Can he take over a game? Can he end up being, you know, Pro Bowls, all pros aside, can they take over games? A lot of teams had a chance to get, you know, Aaron Donald. And every time he plays them, he makes you feel it. You think, uh, I mean, you think Aiden Hutchinson's Aaron Donald? No. I'm I mean, let me say this. I am not comparing Aiden Hutchinson to an Aaron Donald. Nobody compares to him. What I am saying is, if you are a team, you're saying, you're saying we get our pick of the litter, right? The thing about the offensive tackle, while they're going to be, you hope they're going to be, you know, uh, you know, Joe Thomas, he's there for the next 10, 15 years. You know, that's what you hope. But a defensive end, they can disrupt a game, meaning they get you extra possessions, strip sacks, fumbles, tackles behind the line of scrimmage, cause the chaos in the run. It's just so many things a defensive end can do if you can get that kind of potential out of them. So I think that's why you potentially get an Aiden Hutchins. Like I said, I mean, the, I mean his story is there. Play, he got the size, you know, got the athleticism, got the motor. We'll see, but I think it's going to end up being Aiden Hutchins to Kevin because it's the it's the safest pick to get. But it's is also, it? Well, I, I say this. Well, let me say this. I don't think it's a safe from a perception. From a perception, yes, it's safe. But from a real, realistic thing, I mean, it's it's if Doug Peterson, if this wasn't his first year with Jacksonville and his second year, I would I would think they're going to have a nail. But because they was making these decisions, they was thinking about Aiden Hutchinson like during the season, well before they even hired Doug Peterson. I think they're going to go with Trent Baalke, who's probably going to go with Aiden Hutchinson. Because if it was up to Doug Peterson, it's going to be Evan Neal. I mean, it sounds like he could go Walker if, if you leave it up to, to, to Trent Baalke. I Look, I, I've i never really been sold on Aiden Hutchinson because, again, I feel like people are, are wanting me to look at the Ohio State tape more than they want me to look at the Georgia tape. And I get they can offset each other a little bit. But also when you read some of the scouting reports, saw this today uh, on a write-up of Aiden Hutchinson. A lot of people say, I would take Aiden Hutchinson because he's ready to play right now. Don't know if his upside is as high as anybody else in the draft, and he may already be what he's going to be. Whoa, 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 whoa. I want a number one pick that's good and has upside, right? I mean, isn't that what we're trying to do? Like, yes, I, mean, like, I, 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 I don't want, want a rookie yeah, to come yeah, in. I, I, I want number one overall pick. He has, like, look, he, he can't have any – Everybody has flaws, but he has the least amount of flaws out of everybody in the draft. And I don't want to hear this. He don't have as much upside. What do you mean? I don't I don't want to play a, in college saying he, that's his peak right there. His peak is at 21, 22 years old before he gets to the pros. That's not – no, I want to say – But, again, I saw a write-up and said, look, he could be solid now, but his three-, four-year projection down the road, he may not be much better. I, I I, I, I want better than that with my number one pick. If, if it's if it's a team the, that perennially loses – yes. For a team that perennially loses like Jacksonville, yeah. I, again, I've been on the Evan Neal train from the beginning. I am starting to look at football teams like you do Major League Baseball teams. Just when you think you have a set offensive line, you have enough offensive linemen, go get more because injuries happen. Uh, 
messes up the rotation. And we've seen what happens, Ben, when you lose a key piece of your offensive line, it all falls apart, and you go from a team that's very solid. To, I, I still go get, I'd say Evan Neal wouldn't be upset if they went another direction and got another one of the tackles. But, I mean, you just look at the versatility it gives you, and you could have a really good offensive line in front of a quarterback that you think is your franchise quarterback. Don't David Carr him. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, don't go out there and be like, well, Trevor, he's going to get by on his town alone, and we got him a left tackle. Well, unfortunately, there's four other guys that have to block, too. Uh, and so, I, I, I'm, if I'm Jacksonville, that's what I wanted. I, I, I'm not saying Evan Hunt, or Aiden Hutchinson won't be a good player, Ben. Call me disappointed if he's the number one pick two weeks from today. It's probably gonna. I, be, it's, it's probably like I said, Kevin. I mean, nothing. Nobody's gonna be more scrutinized than a first round pick, but nobody's gonna get even more than a number one potential, number one overall pick. That goal is to try to show you every you know kink in his armor. Or, but I think the thing about it is, is people gonna go back to that Georgia tape. Well, how many teams, and that's all of them, gonna go back to the Georgia tape of twenty twenty one and say, throw it out, don't look at it. That's not my best work. Now that was definitely. Not, it wasn't. Not, not Aiden Hutchinson's best work, but I just, I just think But you're going to see tackle play like that and better uh, of every course. single Sunday. Listen, listen. Warren McClendon, you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, you know, 912's finest. Brunswick, you know, Brunswick High School's finest. It's going to be a top pick one day because they're going to go back. Because if the number one overall pick is Aiden Hutchinson, they're going to say, well, look at what I did him. That's when I'm a sophomore. So I, I just think that if Aiden Hutchinson is the guy, it's because that's the hype train and he has the upside. But like you say, Kevin, if there's somebody out there who has a, a much higher ceiling and a lot less question marks, and you can put on all of his tape, I will go with that guy. All right, moving along. Take three. Who is your favorite player in the draft? I and, and I don't say, like, who's a sleeper. Like, who's a guy that you just like? I don't care if he's going number one overall. Where Who's a guy that you like, your favorite player in the draft? My favorite player in the draft, surprise, surprise, is a tight end. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> But it's a guy. It's a guy that I got a chance to talk to, and I think it's it's uh, Chikosium Okonkwo, uh, tight out of Maryland. He's six two, like two hundred and fifty pounds. What I like about him is he's very very versatile. They used to let him run the ball, like at Maryland. Had a chance to talk to him on Troop Talk, about you know about you know some weeks ago. But what I like about him is Kevin. He's that Swiss Army knife. That you know kind of reminds me a lot of um of Delaney Walker that played you know for my Titans. What I like about him is he's very 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 versatile, and he's like you know. He's short and stocky, and he wants problems. I mean, look, great blocker, great great pass crusher, and, and shows the level of athleticism that I think the NFL is going to. Yes, you want the 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. You know, you want the Darren Wallace. You want the Kyle Pitts. You want the Travis Kelsey. But Delaney Walker, when he was with the Titans, he was uncoverable. You could not cover him. And when you see him, you're like, well, dude, he, he's like a tweener. Like, he, he's tall enough to not be short, but he's just tall enough to not be that tall. And he's, but he's a he's a really really good player, and I think sometimes, and, and I, if I got a one B, I, I love Isaiah Isaiah uh, Isaiah likely, um, you know, from uh, Coastal Carolina as well. But what I like about Chikosium is he's made a he's made a what when you take a guy like him, you're not gonna make him into something he's not. He's gonna put his hand in the ground. He's gonna play in the slide. He's gonna play put his hand in the backfield. But when you see the fact that he can run the football, hey man, I just I just like a guy like this. So Chikosium Okonkwo. This is Georgia boy, by the way. Yeah, them Georgia boys going everywhere, but you know Georgia these days going to Maryland, going all over the place. But Jacoby, you know, uh, uh, Oconquo, I think is going to be a really, really good prospect because 
Sometimes your college coaches do a really, really good job of giving the offensive coordinators going to draft you ideas. This is how you use him. You don't got to make him into something he's not. This is what he is. This is who he is. But athleticism. And and, and I when I interviewed him, I said, what's up with y'all uh, Maryland tight ends, man? Jacozium Oconquo, freaking Vernon Davis. I mean, y'all y'all got, what, 2% body fat, 12 packs? <laughs> what, what's going on? But Jacozium Oconquo, I think it's probably, hey, man, I think my Titans got a good shot to get that joker, too. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Again, I'm going to go with the guy that probably, I mean, I think he probably should end up going in the top ten, but uh, Sauce Gardner, I mean, only because, one, he's got a cool nickname, but two, like, you look at some of his stats and you're like, that is insane. Like, <laughs> what, like, never gave up a touchdown yeah. uh, there at, at Cincinnati. You're going, oh, well, that's because he's in the, ah, I cannot, no, I mean, the, the, you playoff game. Yep. I mean, he, he he played against Alabama. Did Alabama throw one on him? Nope. Zero. Uh, and so you're wondering, like, how long can that kind of go? Because you know somebody is going to – I mean, Ben, if you're an opposing wide receiver, you're like, hey, man, you got so, you know he's never given up a touchdown pass. To wait, 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 you're wait, like, well, wait, he's about to give one up today. Here's what you can coach. 6'3", long arms, 4'4", ball skills, one-on-one. Listen, the bump and run corner. So just – no, no, no. Once again, I'm just – I hate to use these comparisons. <laughs> but a – not, not – not as far as like what he's going to end up. A faster Richard Sherman, because Richard Sherman's six three. Richard Sherman, you know, I mean, obviously going to be a Hall of Fame uh, cornerback one day. But just imagine a shiftier, faster, quicker Richard Sherman. Because Sauce Gardner, I don't care who you are, you didn't give up a touchdown pass in college to nobody. I mean, even the great ones give up plays. Right? Even in the Super Bowl. You trip, you down. fall down, you say yeah. anything. But I think the thing about Sauce is when you look at him, you say, I mean, listen, my name is Sauce, man. I, I go out there and get it done. When you, you better be able to when, play. When you look at his tape, listen, think about it. Played against Georgia in 2020. Played against Alabama in 2021 and gave up zero touchdowns to Alabama and Georgia. The guy can flat out play. And I love Derek Stingley Jr. You know I love Kyrie Elam, that, you know, that, that, my Florida boy. But I just think that Kevin – 6'3". You know, 6'3", 200 pounds, 4'4", long arms, ball skills, nothing cheap, nothing deep. I let my eyes and my technique take me to the rock. Oh, and when it comes to the end zone, outside of me just playing in it before the game, ain't nobody getting in it during the game. That is – Atlanta, Terry Fontenot, do the right thing, man. Kyle Hamilton ain't there. Kayvon Thibodeau, give me, give me DJ on one side, give me sauce. Have you ever met a guy named nicknamed Sauce that can't play? I mean, if you're nicknamed Sauce and you can't and you can't play, and he already got the diamond pendant showing the sauce. I mean, listen. I I mean, think about it, Kevin. I mean, you look, Ron Lacuna, you know, Ice Tray Sauce. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Just have them all big one big collection there in Atlanta. That's take three. We're doing each and every day. This time we'll come back. I know. uh, I wish BJ was here because he loves the unwritten rules of baseball, and they kind of reared their head again the other night. We'll get to that next. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out. Kevin and Ben, glad you're making us a part of your day. Braves on the West Coast tonight, taking on those San Diego Padres. And the uh, speaking of the Padres, I've been those unwritten rules of baseball came up uh, a couple nights ago. The Padres got all upset with the Giants because they were bunting while they had a huge lead in the sixth inning, and Gabe Kapler, who once tried to go to the bullpen with nobody up uh, for the Phillies when he was the the manager, came out and said, quote, we don't want a team to bunt, we defend a bunt. We don't want a team to steal, we will defend a steal. If we don't want a team to swing 3-0 late in the game, 
will throw a ball, basically saying, take your unwritten rules and stick them where the sun don't shine. We'll do what we want, play defense, and shut up. Gabe, I love you. <laughs> this is why. Kevin, listen, I'm look, when it comes when it comes to everything has play every everything has a time and place, right? When you talk about sports, yeah. The bad flip, you don't like it unless, unless it's your team winning the World Series against a, against a foe. Then you don't mind it. It's always when it's being done to you. Now, the expectation, what we're talking about is unwritten rules are, you know, you know, uh, you know, handshakes before the game. Look, man, if it starts to get out of hand, I'm like, look, I'm, because what you guys don't realize is, man, I'm always practicing for something down the road. Like, I know I make myself a target when I do this. I know that because you guys wanted us to kind of call the dogs off, but the Braves have scored 16 runs on one game and scored one the next game. Man, you got to cherish these moments, and you don't even know what I'm working out when it comes to my, my team. I mean, winning is contagious, and it has to be something that is developed time and time and time and time again. But this notion of calling, yelling at the duck, man, who, look, look, you better stay over there. Who is you? This is my team. And, I, look, I get it. Team is up by 40. You want to call the dogs off. But if I put those second stringers in, they're trying to get right. I mean, think about how many times you invited your people to the game and you know you're not going to play. All of a sudden, hey, call your number. What? <laughs> Jersey all clean. So I, I I just think that sometimes, Kevin, I get it. Am I am I saying it's a never? No. But you got to pick and choose. Man, it's April. Really? Come on, man. Like, I'm trying to develop some consistency with my team. So if that means that you got to be the blunt of it, it's, it's one out of 162, man. Ain't, nobody's going to remember this. Clayton Kershaw got pulled seven innings in, and he's giving up a perfect game. And you complain about this? Man, I get it. I get it because I get it, Kevin, when you talk about the sportsmanship of the game. I get it. But you're not disrespecting anybody. Like, like I, you know, I I I miss I miss Yasiel Puig and uh you know Ad, you know Madison Baumgartner. You give up the home run, run the no. You don't tell me how to run the bases because I just went yard <laughs> on you. I, I, no, I, I mean, but there are some, I mean there are some, I, I think people are going to say bunts like, hey, the game's out of hand. Why are you out here <laughs> bunting for a hit? It, it, kind of the same thing of you know, hey, we're getting beat forty two nothing in football, and you're out here running fifty yard goes on us. Like, okay, and I know the answer is like play defense, and I but I think on the other side we're like, look, it's over, just. Let, let's let's get it over. So I, I understand what the Padres are saying, but at of the course. same time, I am a proponent of at least play the game. I I, I think that the things that because BJ will say, "Oh, you're old school. You probably uh, get mad." Look, should you be stealing up like ten to nothing in a major league baseball game? Probably not, but I don't have a problem with it. That's part of the game. And as you said, even if you go to bench guys and you give some guys the rest of the night off, and you say, "Look." We're going to take it. We're, I'm not going up there telling my guys not to try. Because yeah. BJ and I have gotten into a thing of, uh, we've had like high school games where somebody gets beat 99 to nothing. And I'm like, he's like, you have a, you're you okay with that? I'm like, yeah. I was like, as as long as you're telling your guys to not go up there, like, hey, we're going to stretch this to a triple. Like, no, but I'm, I'm saying don't go up there. And I've seen teams walk to try to get out. Yes. Literally like, hey, we know you can't get us out. So we're either not going to swing or if we – we get on base. We're just going to walk and let you get us out. To me, that's more disrespectful than just, than just playing the game. It is. So just play the game. Where I draw the line in my curmudgeon state uh, that, I, that I find myself in a lot is, to me, when it's the – I think baseball – and you could say this probably about other sports, Ben, but I, I just know baseball is built on failure. And B.J. will say, well, that's all the more reason to celebrate. I think it's such a humbling game 
that if it's, you know, seven to two and you bat flip me, yeah, you got me. But what about the four other times when I smoked you and you sat down? It's like kind of keep, you know, kind of keep that in mind. I think that's the, the part of it. It's like I don't mind that you celebrate. I think if you're out there, you know, bat flipping me to the moon and all that because you got a hit down seven to two, you know, there might be one a little tight. Yeah, the yeah, next time you come and to now, play. Now, now, that, now, now, and that's what I mean. When you, when you, listen, the greatest bat flip. Standing I've on ever, the Cowboy Star. Well, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Know, I, that's now, the kind I, of stuff. The greatest bat flip, I, one of the greatest I've ever seen is when Joey Bats did it. Like when he did, sure. when he did it. But like you say, Kevin, it's like this. Look, if I'm watching, if I'm watching football, I'm saying, all right, Kevin, I can, I can show you something that only I saw. There are things that happen that you go, you saw something, go, oh, he doing some nonsense because you, Watching the game and knowing the game is different. I tell you that all the time. You know baseball. And you know when you say, look, I, I can see what he's saying, but it's not that bad. It's a bunt. Like, it's not that bad. Now, if we up 20 to 0 and we still trying to, you know, we out there stealing base to pat, I get that part. Because, let's get, look, there is policing in every sport, people. I don't care. Like, that's the thing baseball catches a lot of crap for, where it's like, oh, it's the unwritten rules. It's killing baseball. You're the no fun police. And I'm saying, I've told people this, like, you don't think there's unwritten rules in football yes. and basketball? Of course there are. Yes. And you have even said this, like, there are certain things that players know on the field. And you have said this to us, Ben, on the air and off the air, that certain things you know, if we do this, somebody's going to catch it. Oh, now, and, and it may not be like when Terrell Owens goes and stands on the star. Yeah. Somebody's going to yes. pay, pay for that. And it may not be Terrell Owens. Yes. So, I mean, I. Oh, I, no, no. Your teammate, look, look, we family members out there. Like, this is. The, you, make a, you make a good. You make a really, really good point when you say that. Just say it's the end of the game. You got. Everybody knows you got the kneel down. You got the victory. Right? Usually, the, you know, the team kneel down and tell the other guy, look, man, we, we, you know, just calm down. Now, I'm just telling him that I can't make him calm down. Right? But he knows this. All right, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna uh, haul off on me? Cool. If I know somebody on us, hey man, listen, man, if you could, because listen, I'm gonna just tell you how this what it, because because it has to be that. It has to be. It has to be. We have to. We control the game as players. We control the game, but we control how the game looks when it comes to certain things. It shouldn't even be allowed. I'd be like, hold on. Like now, I take it this farther too. I got to be willing to police my own teammates if they do something stupid. I got no, no, no. I got him. Cause I don't want that to be like, hey, bro, what you doing? Like, what are you doing? And I, so, yeah, Kevin, it's that's what makes the game fun. Is I don't care how good you are, you are not bigger than the game. Somebody got to show you, hey, man. Like people say, why well, don't run Lacuna Junior get you know uh, get uh, taken out of the game for not running the bases? Cause, bro, he's a superstar. You don't come on. Now that's now that's Snit doing it. That's not you know, uh, you know, a teammate of Bryce Harper <laughs> like coming at him. That's that's a yeah. little bit different. But yeah, Kevin, I, I let me tell you something. Unwritten rules should never ever go away though. Like, when people say, hey, man, what keeps my, the game I fell in love with, the game I fell in love with? Because they got, the young guys got taught by an older guy how to play the game. And no matter what, you remember it. So if you do something stupid, it's finna get a little tight. They, they, they finna test out them ribs yeah. a little bit. And, and, and right, wrong, and different, unless it's banned from baseball, don't get mad. Everybody well, I mean, gets thrown at. And I got, and, I, and look, and I, and I get, and I saw somebody call out Gabe Kapler and say, well, Gabe. If there's not a problem with what he's doing, and people have played the game a long time, and again, I'm a I'm a proponent of play the game, right? As long as you are playing the game, I don't necessarily get too upset about stuff. Now, if you're out there stealing bases and you're up 20 in a major league game where like we're all professionals, that you're not coming back, okay, that might be in a little poor taste, but still play the game. 
Now, but if there was nothing wrong with it, why is there a video of Gabe Kapler talking to his player when he comes back to the dugout? Kind of like, hey, man, maybe, maybe don't do that next time. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, I mean, like, like, like that, like that—that's the kind of stuff that, I, like, hey, that's an unwritten rule. You—you're out here saying, well, if we want to bunt, we're going to bunt, and then you're telling him in the dugout, like, hey, maybe don't do that. Well, he, he got, he got, he got. I mean, and 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 well, think about this too, Kevin. If you if you're the manager, right, you got to satisfy both things. Like, you can all right, here, well, I'm gonna get the question a little. If we're gonna bunt, we're gonna bunt, but. He forgot, hey, uh, Gabe, yeah, we can see you talking to him. Like, like cameras are everywhere because that's the world that we live in now too, right, when you think about trying to be able to do these things. But I I, I get it. I was a young guy playing the game, and I got an older guy pulling me to the side saying, hey, young boy, that ain't what – we don't do that. And really, it don't matter how I feel. We don't. He's saying we don't. Not just you because you represent us, but – Hey, Gabe, be ready, though. Y'all <laughs> be ready because everybody's going to see that. Have you, I mean, have you, had, have, have you ever been in a situation where you had something happen and everybody in the huddle knew wherever this ball goes next, it's about to be interesting? Yes. Like, oh, like, oh, who, oh, who, I, like whatever just happened, whoever catches this next ball, something weird, like, oh, we're going to pay for it. I mean, look, I mean, absolutely. Because, because sometimes, right, listen, listen, you hear the, you hear the, you know, you hear, you know, uh, Four letter word, and no, I'm sorry, eight letter word. <laughs> if it's some, it's some, some, you know, some BS, you fill in the blanks. Uh, if you would like, when that, because Kevin, nonsense is nonsense. It don't matter who it's coming from. If if I'm playing baseball and I'm doing nonsense stuff, it doesn't matter how many Cy Youngs you got, how many world. If you are a vet, I'm still trying to catch you. When I walk by, you hit me with the hey, hey, you better cut that out because you did because bigger than disrespecting this game, you are disrespecting the game. So, yeah, I get it, man, because, like I said, you're going to have the people like BJ say, oh, that's why people – no, people can watch baseball. They're not going <laughs> to stop watching baseball. And you're doing it for the people that can never do it. That's what you're really doing. Not for the people that can play, but the people that always loved it, can't play it, and saying, come on, man, somebody somebody speak up for us. We got more to come here. It's three and out. Hawks with a win last night. They got it together in a big way, and they're moving on to Cleveland on Friday. We'll hit that next all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hawks are moving on. Do I say they're moving on to the playoffs, Ben? Yes. They, 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 are they? they? They're moving on to the play-in. <laughs> the so, yes. play-in game number two. Yes. I mean, okay, because what is Charlotte doing? Oh, I, no, home. I get it. I'm going say, that's like, so I feel like they're playing, you know, the price is right. Uh, Bob Barker, hey, <laughs> you got through door number one, but wait. We got door number two uh-huh. still to come, and uh, then you'll be able to win your prize. No, I, uh, last night I, I, I was skeptical because, uh, you know, one game NBA play- play-in game, like anything could happen. And the Hawks came out and just annihilated the uh, Charlotte Hornets. 132-103, 29-point win, pretty much up 30 points most of the second half. Clint Capella, a double-double, 15-14. Trey Young, 24-11. and 11. To me, that's impressive because you, you start talking about playoffs, Ben, and guys you know have to score. And for your superstar to drop 24 and 11 assists, Pretty big, and uh, DeAndre Hunter, 22 points, seven boards for the Hawks last night. They get Cleveland on Friday. If they get by that, they're done with the play-in stuff, but they get Chicago in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Extremely, extremely impressed with the Hawks last night. I think sometimes, Kevin, you get to show your you get to show you know uh, your experience. The Hornets last night they have a lot of athleticism, no experience. The Hawk, I mean, I'm sorry. The, yeah, the Hornets also have, you know, guys like Lamelo Ball that can go out and distribute no experience. Tr- trick or trade. The, the one thing that's not talked about is by him enough is his ability to help create opportunities for his teammates. 
You you expect Trey 24 and 11, 11 assists, affecting the game. You're talking about DeAndre Hunter, I mean, 22 points. Clint Capella, 15 points, 14. 15 and 14 is no slouch, people. 15 and 14? Come on, man. That sounds like Dwight Howard back in the day when he was with the Magic. I think that what what Atlanta did last night, they controlled the, they controlled the tempo from the from the opening tip. They did not give the Hornets any life at all. And I think that gives you we kept saying this, uh, Kevin, can this Hawks team Kind of like fostered some of that mojo they had last year in the playoffs. And I know they still got one more team to do it with. I know it because they don't win against uh, Cleaning as much to do about nothing. But they handle business, and they handle it in a big way. I mean, 132 points, that's getting it done. But holding your opponent to 103, that's really getting it done. So I give I give I give Coach McMillan, I give I give Trigger Trey, I give DeAndre, you know, I give Clint Capella, I give the entire Hawks team, you know, an A plus because Kevin, let's look at the, let's look at the let's look at the flip side. If it's 132 in favor of Charlotte, are we saying to ourselves, dude, what's like what's wrong with the Hawks? It's, let me say this: it's it's never the quote same Hawks team. It's not. Still got Trey. You got rid of Cam Reddish halfway during the season. You, you, you know, you still ain't really missed the beat. So, yes, they've earned the right to play one more game, Kevin, to potentially be an official playoff team. But for one night, they put it all together on, on both ends of the floor. And now they get Cleveland in a one-and-done situation. And I, I know I've heard some people say, hey, if the Hawks can get hot, they're not a team that anybody really wants to play. Do you feel that's the case? I mean, again, because I feel like late in the season they kind of got it together. But – this is a team that I think was expected to do more than be a contender for a play-in game and now a second play-in game to fight for the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but, Kevin, you know, you they show how dangerous they is. They usually play well. I mean, when you talk about Milwaukee, we talk about, uh, you know, we talk about Miami. They tend to play those teams a lot better. And I think the thing about this team is it's about the youth, it's about the experience, but it's about the poise. Go out there, play loose, play poise, but play aggressive. And I, I don't think nobody – Kevin, I always say this. Look, the people who have the most fun in anything, we got – it was 100 tickets. We got number 99 and number 100. We got the last two tickets. Right? And we in. Now, we kept showing them. Now, now did, they, did, did they give us a little bit more scrutiny at the door? Yeah. Looking at our ticket, putting it on the x-ray machine. It's a real ticket. And we get in. Now, did we drink a little more than we should have? Polly, Polly. Did we, did we, were we a little louder than everybody else? Yes. But we're in the party. Because you know what we, you know what you don't want to be outside wondering with your head on the door listening. Man, it sounds like a lot of fun in there, man. Then and Kevin, you know whoever you asked went to the party. It only gets better and whoever. Oh my God, it was everybody in there. The the Hawks are a team that is respected in the league. They are respected right now. Trey Young is the guy for Atlanta. He's the guy that makes everything go. He's the engine that makes everything go. And I think if they get in, Kevin, oh, if you get in, it doesn't matter if you're number one or number eight, you're in, let, let's rock. Let's let, let's get it going. Because you know who's not in? That would be the Lakers. They are not in. And they had freaking Anthony Davis. They got Russell, you know, Russell Westbrook. I mean, Dwight Howard. I mean, I know he still played basketball, but he ain't what he used to be. So, yes, Kevin, I still think they got that dangerous moniker because no matter what, you know, they lost to the world, to the world champs last year. They took them to the brink in the Eastern Conference Final, and I know it's a it's a it's a different year removed. But I just I just think that when you look at what this Hawks team is capable of doing, yeah, it is against the Hornets. But you're only as good as your you only as good as your last performance and your next performance. Well, their last performance very very impressive. Got to get it done against Cleveland. I still think they got that. Uh, I still think as long as Trey Young is healthy and he's making everybody around him better, and DeAndre Hunter playing the way he's playing, and Clint Capella is giving you you know double doubles. I think you got a shot to be really really good if you can indeed get in. Then how do they match up with what Chicago there 
number one if they can win on Friday night. I think the Chicago Post, I mean, I think uh, Levine and those guys are definitely going to be tough. You know, Sexton and those guys. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be really, really tough for an Atlanta Hawks team. But I think what happens is, Kevin, you know, you – Every year, right? You're fighting for you're fighting for you know you know to stay relevant. You're fighting uh, to make sure that people understand that you're not a, you're not a flash in the pan. But again, Atlanta, you fight for something different. Everybody around you is winning. I mean, well, not the freaking Falcons, but I mean, you know, you I mean, you talking about you talking about the Bulldogs, right? You talk about the Braves. You talk about you know you talk about Trey coming out saying all I really want is a championship. Kevin, now we talking about some monumental things, and I know we got a long way to go. LeBron won in Cleveland. I saw, I saw I saw the Chicago Cubs win a win a World Series. I saw Bill Murray in the freaking stands with everybody else. Hawks win a freaking Hawks win a freaking championship. That, that you talking about a team that up until last year didn't have a lot of well, easy conference finals. wasn't a lot to go off of. Like they they ain't no history there. So I think that Trey is writing his own history every single time he steps on the floor. I think he's playing for legacy every time he, you know, he steps out there. But yeah, Kevin, I think uh, this Chicago team they ain't gonna go because now the NBA is better when you got teams on the East Coast, Middle America, as well as the West Coast is good. I think Chicago is meeting that bill. But now Chicago is trying to do in 2022 what the Hawks did in 2021. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't respect the Hawks. Uh, also, I mean that. I, well, you kind of rolled your eyes at it, but I mean it's true. Well, some, I think- well, some, some, some do, but but you know how Kevin. This is the thing. The thing about the Hawks, the Hawks run into the same thing the Falcons run into. We talking about defense, right? They're gonna always think it, it, it has more to do with anything but them. The Hawks, yeah, <laughs> Trey Young. What you mean? Like, because now I will say this. Now it ain't look, look. Um, Levine and those guys. I'm sorry, they can't live off what Mike and them did. I mean, that was the '90s. Those boys was just coming out the womb in the '90s. <laughs> so I, I do think though, when you, you got a team like the Hawks, no matter what. Listen, there is a one, um, there is a one tight end that played for Jacksonville, who we had on the show talking about his Dodgers and my Braves hasn't hasn't been on since, right? The Braves, what makes the Braves good is I got to beat the Dodgers. Like, forget what we do, we got to beat them. So we don't look down the road, but we know no matter what, there is that giant. If you are the Hawks, you got two giants. <laughs> you got yourself, and you got the freaking Bucks. Can you overcome you to beat them? And if you can do both, you got a shot, and then you, whoever you meet in the West, may God help you, because I think it's probably gonna be, probably gonna be Phoenix. But I, I, I just, I just think that for me, yes, Kevin, I think they got respect, but that's that's my that's my bias of being a Hawks fan. We'll see though. I mean, I think nationally they probably don't get a whole lot, yeah. uh, just because uh, there it's the Hawks. I mean, I, yeah. it's no other way to say it. I mean, they people like Trey Young, but they don't. I don't think they respect the franchise yeah. as a whole, and, and kind of view last year's. Maybe a fluke situation. We got more to come here. It's three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Well, I just love the uh, the zest at which Coach Spurrier says my name there. And Kevin. Hey, listen, he listen, y'all, y'all homies. That's all that is. <laughs> but, yeah, know? if he saw me at the golf course, he'd be like, "Here, hold my bag." No, 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 no. He'll say, "Kevin, he'll say, Kevin, you gonna tee off with us? All right, let's let's go out there and do it. Let's do it, Coach." How how, how much yardage from the tee box? <laughs> Are you forecasting? Look, at the end of the day, know, maybe. what makes Steve Spurrier the man is not everything he's done. He gets paid to be himself. They call him, quote, an ambassador. An ambassador to what? He gets his own office. Gator Nation. And no, they said when he first got you know, rehired as an ambassador, they gave him his uh, schedule. And he said, what are you doing, coach? Not doing this. Everything I mark off, I'm not doing it. This is the whole page, coach, because I'm not doing it. Come on, give, me some, give, give, me, give me something else. 
Now he has on this shot to Coach Spurrier, though, a, a brand that continues to thrive. Yeah, what are you an ambassador of? Spurrier, Spurrier Nation. <laughs> oh, and I got a new restaurant in Gainesville. Make sure you come out. And, oh, you know, really? You, Does you, he really? Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, the old ball coach? No, no, it's called it's called Spurrier's. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> got a, um. He got all, a bunch of old plays like up on the wall and stuff. It's like it's like it got like three levels to it. Got like, you know how now now everything now with the bars you got the rooftop right. Oh, it, they they say the food is good. They say the food is not cheap, but they say if you get there on the right night, Coach Bird kind of be doing uh what uh Sylvester Stallone did on the last bad boy. Like he could be walking in giving old stories or whatever. Hey man, Spurrier say, look man, let's try this restaurant business. I done did everything else. Well, I'm sure. You know, a restaurant called Spurrier's in Gainesville might oh, be it's, it's might gonna, be like the safest bet ever, right? I mean, well, yeah, 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 yeah. They got this spot. They got this spot. Like, a, like if you coming down, if you ever been to Gainesville, it was a spot over uh, off of seventy five to the right. There was what is called nothing over there. Like when I was there, there was nothing <laughs> there, like nothing. Now you got now you got you know movie theaters, you got uh you got uh you know hotels, a uh, housing, you got like a, a lot. Uh, There's a nice little area in Spurrier's, right? You can't miss it. Big old lights, but they say it's nice. Man, I haven't had a chance to get down there and really go, man. But they say it's nice. Well, give us a if you do, we'll take a uh, a food review. Oh, of course, of course. Of I'm, I'm, you know, I'm be like when the, when the tab come, I'm like, yeah, Coach Spurrier told me my money is no good here. What you talking about? <laughs> I remember back when I was being recruited, <laughs> he said, Ben, don't even worry about it. Is that still good or no? Uh, look, I, I will say this, man. Coach Spurrier is one of those guys, Kevin. He's you know he's he's the biggest thing in GVL. No matter what happens, man. Certain guys got it. He definitely got it. He's getting paid to be himself. What are you gonna call it? Call him an ambassador. That means he got to go places where where Florida stuff and you know. Talk about the current team. He didn't have to do NIL deals for anybody. He's like, hey, I'm Steve Spurrier. Come eat at my restaurant. Oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah. I mean, Coach Napier like, is, I'm going to have a team over there. Yeah. And y'all They're all paying full price. Y'all paying full price for all of this. Hey, we got the whole Gator team in here. No. Nope, nope. uh, no, no, no. There no, is no, no discount. Yeah, I'm sorry. If, if, you read, if you read on the menu, new head coaches got to pay full price. Is that the bottom? <laughs> it, 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 it just got written in. It got written in the Yeah. It, it's, it, <laughs> along with everybody else. <laughs> Up in here. Now, I uh, always enjoy uh, when we get the chance to talk with uh, Coach Burry, but we got the uh, RBC Heritage going on on Hilton Head week after the Masters, of course, a uh, tradition. Cameron Young, your leader uh, in the clubhouse, minus eight. He leads by three over a host of guys. Mito Pereira. I don't never heard of Mito, I, but obviously he's pretty good at golf. He's at five under. Graham McDowell, uh, Patrick Cantlay, and a host of others there at five under on your leaderboard, all three shots behind Cameron Young. They're the week after the Masters, and, you know, a great spot to go after Augusta. You can go hang out on Hilton Head and play a little golf. So, I, Kevin, at the end of the day, man, these uh, what, what makes these golfers so impressive is no matter what, right after the Masters, they're trying, they trying to get back, in, get back in it when you talk about the classic. I think that, you know, that's why I never play golf, man. I mean, I'm, I'm looking for any time off I can get, but, look, when you are a golfer, you play every single day, hone those skills. Got to, man. They're coming for you. Well, I mean, the young, you, those young bucks are coming for you. Look, at the end of the day, you know, you know, Tiger. It wasn't a Tiger sighting, was it? Because had it been, it would have been, it would have been hysteria, yeah. no matter what. But no, I mean, they they find a way to get it in, and it just shows. That, listen, what makes the greats the greats is consistency. They're trying to they trying to keep it consistent. I can only imagine what it was like last week with Christian Gokel. <laughs> and Tiger Woods playing well in, t- in round one. I just have to look at Twitter. My, 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 it's listen, just a picture of a Tiger. I'm like, oh, like certain, certain, there's certain goals I have in life. BJ, meet Deion Sanders. Kevin, I mean, Kevin's just at the game, at the ballpark, you know, and then Ron LeCun, just, oh, I'm sorry, Ron LeCun. And you just got to act like, I'm sorry, my bad. Can I, well, since we're here, you want me to sign something? I just got this book of cards, if you can yeah. sign them all. And then Kevin, him I mean, and Bird Jackson. And with, yeah, and with Christian, man, listen, if I can get him practice rounds, tickets to the Masters, 
I, you know, because certain things are just worth it. I had practice round tickets one time that we auctioned off, and Kevin, the radio station quote told me we've never had the phone line slatter like this. I said, well. I mean, it's just masters ticket. Next thing, what? Going crazy <laughs> for these things, man. People, people they lost. Yeah, people love the uh, the, the masters. No, I, I'll put that in my. You can have me meet the. What was the name of that cartoon? The Pro Stars. You give me Jordan, Bo Jackson, and Wayne Gretzky all in one room. I mean, I, I would just like. Pa- I think I would just pass out right there. I remember that. You remember that cartoon? Oh, that's right. Bo, uh, there, 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 there. Bo Jackson. Listen. Bo, Wayne, and Mike running around saving the world. With their that's athletic you know. skill. I mean, we, when people ask me, "What do you got? Have on shoe? Well, and have on cartoon." Deal with it. Yeah. Deion Sanders went on that show. He was not. I'm saying, BJ. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> Bo Jackson's on that show. Michael Jordan's on that show. Bo Jackson won. Deion, no. Zero. Maybe that's just going to be my standard comeback to anything BJ says. Was he ever? The, was he on Pro Stars? No, he was not. Deion, did he ever save the world using his skills? No, he did not. Bo did because Bo knows. How to be a superhero. <laughs> We're coming right back. Final hour. It's three and out. All across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. Good to have you back. Final hour of three and out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. We'll get to some spring games coming up this week. Florida's got theirs tonight. We'll uh, talk about that coming up. Georgia, Bam, a whole host of... Uh, Teams with their spring games coming up uh, this weekend. Also, Nick Saban is weighed in on NIL. But is it Nick Saban complaining? Or is it Nick Saban saying, listen, that's what I'm trying to tell you. We'll debate that coming up in just a little bit. But ESPN's Football Power Index, Ben, puts out its projected top ten. Again, this is a computer formula. I know the folks at ESPN, when they get backlash, we're always quick to point out this is the football power index. This is not Kirk Herbstreet's thoughts. This is not, you know, Marty Smith voting. We put it in the computer, and this is what it spits out. Uh, all right? And the computer, with all its computing power, with all of its data, with all the numbers you can put in there, came up with Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson as the top four <laughs> at the end of the day. Notre Dame, Texas, Michigan 7, Oklahoma, Pitt at 9, and at number 10, maybe the surprise of the whole list, Auburn. So the Auburn list, you know, it's definitely the, the computer's definitely malfunctioning. We, we know <laughs> something's going on. There's but, at least a glitch But somewhere. I will say this. When you got that Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson, you know, pedigree the last five years, six years, of course, surprise, surprise, they're going to be at the top of the hill. Notre Dame has that brand equity, and because they've been, you know, a big-time contender as of late, they're going to be in there. Texas, maybe maybe Texas got something brewing that I don't know about. I mean, the preseason rankings, I mean, it, it spit it out. Michigan's coming off a banner year. We'll see if they can go two for two with beating that their arch nemesis, Ohio State. Oklahoma, Coach Venables in, you know, and I, and I, th- and I think that when you, when you look at what they bring to the table, I, I get that part. Pitt, we'll see what happens. No Kenny pick, no Kenny Pickett. I think we'll see what happens as far as, like, you know, who they're going to replace him with. Auburn is a head-scratcher. I mean, it just is. I'm not saying that Coach Harson don't got something we don't know. No, they got a running game. No, they got an offensive line. But, I mean, you down two coordinators. Two coordinators last year, both gone. Boom, both out the door. You added two new coordinators. No Bo Nicks. So, we will see. But, Kevin, whether it's, you know, in you know, I mean, you're talking about football index. You're talking about preseason rankings. These computers, this technology – 
It said, look, put it in there. Who came out first? Alabama. Man, how many times? Man, every time we put it in. Like, I could have done that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who's that? Ohio State. Okay. Who? Georgia. Clemson. Man, you mean to tell me nobody else? Like, no. And we've done that. We sat here all night. We had, we had, we had, listen. We had the repair service of 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 Thomas the Troop coming here, and they were slapping the hell out of this computer. Bam, bam, boom, and it still did it. So we did the old school way. We did the new school way. But hey, man, surprise, surprise! Alabama is number one. Ohio State followed by Georgia and Clemson. Those are those are the best brands right now. They, I don't know. I don't know on on this list. Notre Dame is the biggest brand. Michigan might be a bigger brand right behind Notre Dame, but the best brands of football is going to be Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. Whether it's a, a football index, whether it's a preseason ranking, whether it's technology, whether it's computers, Kevin, that's how it's going to. Basically, look, no what Ben what. is saying, it doesn't matter if the computer no, puts it in; it's going to come out the no. same. I mean, no matter. Listen, listen, you can you can program in a computer. Do not put Alabama first. Put it out in. Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like it's. I'm going. Listen. I'm going off. I'm going off. I'm going off. Recruiting the two best players in the country both play for Alabama. They both on offense and defense. So 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 what? What I'm being a Heisman Trophy winning Bryce Young. So what do you, what do you want? Nick Saban. Sorry, Nick Saban Junior. I don't know if he's if he's real or if he coaches. He ain't showed his face yet. I just think that Ohio State Coach Day, I just think that what Kirby Smart is coming off the you know, national championship, and people think Clemson trash because they won 10 games, and they're going to be whooping up on everybody in 2022. But, yes, Kevin, different year, same result. It's lonely at the top, and there's only four of them up there. They just happen to be in Clemson, Athens, what is it, Columbus, and Tuscaloosa. And, again, Auburn at 10. Kind of threw everybody again because maybe you were sitting there <laughs> going, okay, maybe Texas A&M could be up in there. Yeah. But most, I mean, there was, there's a lot of people talking right now, like, could Auburn be picked seventh or sixth in the West preseason? This, uh, did, and this did, computer uh, has them 10. Did Auburn, look at this, did Auburn look at this and go, what? What What are they but, doing? They may, got us maybe, maybe they hacked the computers. And I got mean, I mean where's Texas A&M? They're not more recruiting class in the country. I mean, they, they ain't even in the top 10. Look, I mean, Brian Kelly, listen, maybe the computer saw you dancing. They're not putting you nowhere. But that's negative there. points. <laughs> And he also got, I mean, neg- he also got, got neg- negative points for the accent. <laughs> I'm about to say first it started with that. No, no. First, it started with the accent. Then it started number two with people people from Boston don't got accents. What are you Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm from about? Boston. We don't have strong well, accents. Accent. What? You've been in Notre Dame too long. Yeah, you've been in Indiana too long. I get it. You trying to appeal to the fan base. Then you try to dance. The, the recruit that he was dancing with didn't go to LSU. Surprise, surprise, not going here. So, hey, look, I I, talk, I got a chance to talk to Larry. We got it. We we interviewed Larry Fedora too many. Uh, not too many uh, weeks ago, and uh, obviously he's a uh, new head coach um, uh, in the USFL. I think he's the the, the new the New Orleans team. We'll start talk, this week. Yeah, you talk you talking about Brian? He said, "Man, somebody need to teach you some dance moves, or, or or leave the dancing alone." Because I don't know what that is. That's probably the who's uh, <laughs> they looking like the Tin Man. Look, like I knees said, not moving. I said, "Man, you need some. You need to get an NIL deal with WD forty. <laughs> put it behind the knees. <laughs> Something, man. My goodness, it, it it just was bad all around. Uh, and I, and I, hold on, and Kevin, even 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 to that." If you're a head coach right now, Kevin Thomas, head coach at Team X, are you in a position to say no? Like, dude, I don't want it to come on, man. And he said, he said, he, it is so ridiculous. Because <laughs> I would be like, I'm not doing that. But this is the number one recruit in the country. I, I don't care. Hit it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Hey, like I saw, I, I, I saw a, a picture today of the, the, the tackle that transferred from Georgia. Um, yeah, a Mims. Mims. He's on an official visit at, uh, at Florida State. And the first thing that happens uh, is you see Coach Norvell walking out. Is like gives him one of, like the biggest like come from behind his back. What's up? What's up? Baby? It's like jumping up, and I'm like, 
man, like just say, hey, we're glad to have you here, man. We we think you can help us win games. Well, no, 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 no. But it's, it's, it's got to be like they did everything. We have like confetti cannons go, going off. Go right. Listen, the last play he got from uh, George Jermaine Johnson. I mean, defense. I mean, AC defense player of the year. And I've heard. I'm just. This is just from rumblings out of Tallahassee. They say that this year's offensive line is worse than last year's. Are you so saying me, that as a Florida guy? No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I, I, listen, I, I, I read different reports coming out, and I see what they – but I'm just saying, Mims, he probably said, listen, that's when the camera's on. When you turn the cameras off, the camera's off, yeah. Please, man, you, you're going to come or what? Don't leave. <laughs> yeah. We got you a dorm. You when the cameras start there. rolling, he's down on both knees going, please, please go here. Please. You know, but, hey, but, Kevin, look, what can I say? When, you're, when your livelihood is from – is 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 uh is pent on the lives and the, and the and the production of eighteen to twenty two year olds. Yeah. If, if if all you got to do is dance, dance. But I will say this: the worst dancer that I've ever seen might be. I don't. I I, I used to th- I used to say it was uh 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 Dan Mullen. Devil Sweeney cannot dance, and he won't stop doing it. And, and, and all that and all that. Oh oh no! Just because they air for you, they try to get you. I, I, all I'm saying is. That's when you know the culture of college football has changed. From the music to to the dancing, you got to cater to them. Brian Kelly, look, work on that accent because you're trying to get a Creole accent. By the way, that's 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 Creole South. <laughs> Number two, just you know, take off. If you're gonna do it, you out there looking like a golfer with the little vest on. It just, <laughs> it just it just wasn't a good look for Brian Kelly at all, man. Hopefully, he can win some games. See, that's the thing that would get me if I'm a coach. You're like. Come on, man, just do this video. We'll put it up on the gram. The what? We're going to put it up on the gram. And, and what am I doing? We want you to, we're going to put on a disco ball, and we're going to have you two, like, hip bumping in a video. I'm going to do what? And then he's still not coming here? I look like an idiot. Like, well, like you, know, you know what you didn't see? That would be Billy Napier. You go back to the video when he first got hired. He's on campus. I mean, they did the welcome wagon and all these different things. They go in, and they're saying, hey, Billy, man, what you want? He said, please just take the picture. What? Just. Just take it. Come yeah. on. I, listen, I, I, I'm not trying to be a party pooper. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Take the picture of me holding the helmet, you know, get some yeah. shots, and I'm out of here. Like, listen, I, I, now, now, that's year one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> year two, he, he might be, yeah. who knows? Who year knows? two, he's going to be behind the turntables. <laughs> listen, all I'm saying is Dan Muller went from head to wearing dark Vader outfits. And all, listen, we never know. People. I mean, the stuff that, I will say this. Like, I get it. It's the lifeblood of the sport. But, like, the things that people will do for recruits. Like, I, I thought the lowest point was probably, you know, Harbaugh going and having to spend the night party at somebody. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. hey, hey, you want to come play at Michigan? I don't know, Coach. I'm thinking about it. How about this? I'll get a sleeping bag, and we can come and watch Netflix in your room and eat popcorn. What? No, we're not doing that. He's like this. And, and then when the camera's off, he's like this. Listen, uh, no pictures tonight. I'm going to go over to this, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to the Holiday yeah, Inn. Holiday Inn. I'm left, not sleeping yeah, on the they floor. Left there, they left the light on for me. I'm yeah. going to go over there. No, no, no. But Kevin, but that's what I I'm mean, saying. you get into helicopters and all that kind of yeah, stuff. No, it's no, like, the, the, the helicopter thing is cool. I remember when um, this is when Jumpman was first, like, you know, Jordan was first coming to college, and then obviously they're going to go to UNC. That's when Coach Lafredor was there. He was telling and I went to go speak, and he said, man, Ben, they got these, you know, they got these Jordans in here, man. I'm not going to be doing these commercials. About a month later, hey, man, come on up here to UNC. <laughs> Hey, whatever sells, man. Like, like, I, would go, listen, when it I mean, he, he said it. I ain't doing that crap. I said, next thing you know, come on up here to UNC, man. Get who's your pair of Jordan one. Who's the first coach to like parachute out of the helicopter and just? I mean, come sailing in. Hey, well, well, in a sense, right? That's what you do, though. Someone, someone does it. Hopefully, it's Nick. And then, now Nick say, I ain't 
ain't gonna fall now. I said, well, I don't know now. Your knees might give out. You better have a. But I, but I, but I just I just think the two Kevin. How how I, crazy can it get? Coaches up in uh 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 sleep uh you know what the tree houses or wh- wherever it was yeah. to dance on the videos. Hey man. I, Whatever it takes. I think the next iteration on uh, signing day is going to be we have you know, we have the gender reveal balloons and stuff like that. We're going to oh have the, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, here's yeah, my college yeah. shirt. Oh, Throw yeah. me the baseball. I'm going to pop it. And if orange smoke comes out, that means I'm going to Tennessee. Like, what? Go think Kevin, it will happen. Kevin, Kevin with the gender reveal college edition. Yeah, it's going to be oh, the college oh, show. Like, oh, the hat's oh, not enough. Oh, I have oh, to have a mystery egg that's going to explode. Make sure you make – listen, young man, make sure <laughs> – that the gender reveal is really for the college and not <laughs> yeah. for a real gender reveal. <laughs> that's, that's Wait a minute. That's I pink. didn't go anywhere, Pink. No, no I'm having a boy. We, your mama didn't even log. Man, I'm sorry. Golly. Whoops. I grabbed the wrong one. <laughs> Ain't no school got pink in it. No. That's pink and blue. Congratulations. Girl, twins. Congratulations. Well, you, well, you need to go to Georgia Tech. You yeah. need a good job when you get out yeah. of here. Congratulations on both accounts. <laughs> We got more to come. Uh, it's three now. We got spring games coming up tonight and this weekend. Nick Saban weighing in on NIL airboards. Three and out of the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Great to be here with you on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Spring games tonight, or spring game tonight, Florida. And have their spring game. Georgia, Alabama, seemingly like half the SEC mm-hmm. having their spring game coming up on Saturday. Obviously, Everybody's got questions. Everybody's got holes to fill. But, Ben, you've talked about spring a lot. Fans will overreact. Uh, I think it's kind of the interesting uh, double-edged sword where it's like, our defense stinks. Yeah, but our offense was really good. Or our our offense couldn't score. But our defense looked pretty good. Kind of that double-edged sword. But what are you looking to get out of spring? And does spring have any, for the players anyway, any carryover to fall at all? Oh, it does. I mean, you're kind of seeing how far you've come a year a year, a year prior, you're seeing what your what your role is going to be on the team. You you see it. <coughs> you all right, <laughs> man? That's why I can't stand the spring. I apologize. No, it's uh what what it what it does what it did for me. I can say. You don't know how much better you've gotten, and for me, you taking football a lot more serious, Kevin. Because look, you got to deal with you got to deal with recruiting. You got to deal with the current. The current crop of players are already on the team. You got to deal with the new guys coming in. And you got to build trust. Like, spring is where you build trust. My first three years, I was talented. I had some gifts. I had some tools. I was raw. I was not ready. Because it's like, Kevin, it's like a great baseball player that doesn't have any any poise at the plate. Like, dude, if you can connect with the, if you can make contact, you nice. But you got to see the pitches. You got to see, you know, on the movie 42, uh, when the, when the guy's telling Jackie Robinson, you know how they say you want to see, you you know you want to see that you know you want to see the pitches coming at you real that's you know you want to see the ball coming at you real slow, like you want the game to slow down because by the time I became a senior man, I just understood, I I started understanding the way the coaches understand. Like they're not just giving me plays. I was understanding concepts. I was I said when my coach used to say you got to be able to direct traffic out there. Sometimes the players may come out the huddle. And they might be in the wrong spot. I'm getting guys in place because I'm taking more ownership. Because I think I think the one thing that's, that people don't get to understand is most people that go to college never play. That's every sport. The average player that go to college on scholarship never plays. It's got to be something about you. That's why you go, guys that try, Kenny Pickett was at Pitt, what, four, five, five, six years? 
Because he wanted to play. So for me, it's where you earn trust. It's where you earn the trust of your – you got to earn the respect. of You don't earn the trust of your teammates. You earn the respect of your teammates. And the more a coach trusts you, the more responsibility he gives you. So if you're in the spring, you can tell if you're one of the guys or just a guy. And that's right, wrong, and different. That's just how it is. Because, Kevin, you know how it is. All these players on the team and the, and, the, and, the, and the starter goes down and the backup comes in, you see how big of a difference it is. You go, dude, because that's the talent gap. The talent gap – is what you got up here and what and what listen, what you got above the neck and what translates below the neck. And I think for most players, it never, ever stopped. Listen, I was always overwhelmed when I was in college. I ain't going to lie, man. It's a lot coming at you, especially when I was in Spurrier. Then I get a, who the hell are you, Ron Zook? And he looking at me like, who the hell are you? I'm like, who the hell are you? I don't even know <laughs> who the hell are you. But I think that the more I understood what my role was, Okay, what do I mean to this offense? Okay, what do I mean to this team? Okay, what do I mean to my teammates? It's just, and it just goes and goes and goes. The next thing you know, you get out there on the field. I, I used to have teammates ask me, Ben, do you get tired? I'm like, yes. They're like, you do? Like, yeah. Now, I get tired. I am tired physically, mentally, no. Because I know this, as, as soon as I take a playoff, it's gonna trickle down, and it took me man. It took me three years to understand. It took me three years to understand the concept that spring. Listen, I'm gonna say this, and I don't kill spring sucks bad, <laughs> but that's kind of where the coaches don't got to talk to the players anymore about who's the best players anymore. You can see it every day. Look at how consistent this player is. Look at how you know dialed in this player is. Look at how bought in this player is. Most players they talented, but they ain't bought in. They talented, but they ain't sold on, on what the coaches. T- That's why they don't play. So if you go to a team and you say, I, "Dude, this kid is nice," yeah, but go watch practice. Once again, if I drop every pass during the week, what are they gonna throw it to me? I'm not getting it on Saturday. Forget that. So now, but I will say this: This is the greatest day of the spring. Why the spring game? Because there's no more spring. Woo! Because <laughs> spring can't come. Because now, Kevin, nowadays it's so much more fanfare. Though we watch everything. Oh, that go to warm ups. Oh, that go this. That go that. Because we want to kind of get a glimpse of. But I, you know, I will say though, spring is needed, man. It is needed. You know, everybody's kind of antsy, kind of putting the, putting the, putting the last season behind you. That's the last. That's really the last bit of of twenty twenty one. Hopefully, because 2022, we, I mean, you're talking about the fall. Whatever your role was in the spring, what you think? I'm, oh, so I'm third string in the fall, in the spring, but I'm first in the fall. No, I mean, you're kind of try, trying to see, like, who has niches for themselves. And hopefully guys will go out there. But you count healthy bodies. You want to try to come out as healthy as possible. Of course. I just look at a place, you know, like Georgia, where you're going through spring. You've had some guys transfer. Maybe there'll be guys transferring after spring. But you've also gone through spring with a couple of guys that aren't practicing. Yeah. You know, that, that just simply aren't going to do it. And, and how much of that do you look at and say, okay, it could be a different, different thing come fall when this guy comes back. I know coaches are counting on that kind of thing. But to, to me, you look at spring and certain guys don't participate because of injury. They come back and you know what they're going to do. Like, you know, obviously Brock Bowers, everybody knows what he's going to yes. do. How does that change the dynamic of what you saw in spring versus the fall? And none, or just, just that guy's wasn't out there. It's fine. No, you you uh, you are showing that if I'm going to be in a limited role, I could be trusting that limited role. If I if I if I'm Darnell Washington and I'm Brock Bowers, I know that you starter one, starter two at the Y and the U position. If I'm if I'm quote you know uh, t- tight end number three or number four, all right. If those guys go down, I'm giving the coaches. The, Trust to know we don't got to dumb it down in my position because they don't dumb down the offense. They'll dumb down your role in the offense. You don't want that. I want 
Man, look, I want everything this offense has. I don't want the – oh, he's in. You, Man, let me tell y'all something. I want the coaches to say, oh, we can run everything we got. Because if you're limited, you hurt the whole offense. And I don't – I want them to look at me as a guy to say, hey, man, let's work some plays in for this young dude this year. Like, let, let's, let's, let's see what this guy can do. Because no matter what, you know, I was available. And you and you cannot you there you cannot put a price tag on availability and health when you talk about sports. So yeah, like you gotta listen. It's about finding a niche for yourself, man. Everybody's not gonna be a star, but True. but Kevin, you know it's almost like look, Ian Anderson. You got called up early because of the pitching staff. Well, look at where you are now. Now you're you know you're an everyday starter. You know you're a starter for for this Braves franchise who helped us win the World Series. It's about being ready, man. And I and I hate and I know it's all about the quarterback and the backup. I get it, but dude, you are a play away. Sure. So you better say so. So spring is where you be dialed in. And yep. it, like I said, my my first three years, man, it was a blur because you go from Spurrier, which I knew I wasn't gonna catch the ball. He had all star receivers. You're not you like tight ends, right? Well, he did, but you don't need us. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> like you didn't need us. But I think that what Ron Zook showed me that is he goes, look, man, prove it to me, prove to me. Brunson told me going into my senior year, I will not say, I will not answer one more question while we're not throwing you the ball. I get sick of that every single press conference. Now, mind you, I don't know when he's doing them. Social media wasn't even out then, but I earned that in practice. So what happens is, if you are quote the best player or at, at your position, you got to prove it every. That's what people don't get. That stuff is hard, man. You got to prove it in practice. I can't have a bad practice. Hey, Ben, Larry Fedora say the same thing at the end of practice. True, man, you going too many today? I'm the I'm the only tight end go too many. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. And listen, listen and Zook is only hearing me to say, yeah, one time I said no. And boy, 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 it got ugly like doing that feel for me. <laughs> I, I, ju- I just think that spring is about learning to become a great teammate. Cause I I believe this stuff now, which I, you know, you sound like a coach, but man, you you become a great teammate, you got a chance of becoming a great player. Because I'm not worrying about the individual stuff. Players that worry about the individual stuff, you can see it. Yeah. Players that say, look, bro, I want to help. Because, look, if I'm a great teammate, man, they're going to give me opportunities to go out there and make plays. But, man, listen, my senior year, and I don't know why I used to do this, man. <laughs> my senior year, we lose. We lost five games. I used to cry after the game. I'm not trying to cry. <laughs> I, I'm, Kevin, it was the weirdest. I'm in the locker room. But, in a sense, that's how much football had become to me at that point. But, hey, man, the spring, the very first day of spring, my senior year, they split up the teams because guys had different schedules. They throw me like a little deep seam. I'm running down the field, uh-huh, and I got to run all the way back because I ain't got no sub. I, I said, Coach, when do we bring the teams back together, please? Because I, I, can't, I ain't going to make it out here. And you got the fans out there clapping and all this. But, hey, man, it goes by fast. I, I miss it. I don't miss the games itself, but I just miss the grind of it. Sure. But, uh, no, the spring is where you develop that trust. And like I said. As a, know, quote, fan now, as you, you look at it, how much are you taking – I don't know. What what are you taking from what happens tonight in Gainesville? First-year head coach, new system, new way of doing things. I mean, do you care what happens one way or another? Is that a reflection on what's happened the previous 18 practices versus what happens tonight? I mean, how do, what, what do you, what's your takeaway there? I, ca- I care about what this offense is going to look like because Billy Napier is known as the guy that's going to run the football. I care about if Anthony Richardson is going to take that next. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. Yeah, but can you see that in the spring game? You, you, t- you, you, you can't. You can't. I will say this: whoever the celebrity Florida Gator is, are they going to let him actually <laughs> complete the pack? Me and BJ went to Coach Collins when his 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 debut, and it was freaking. You know, uh, you know, it was, I mean, uh, Calvin Johnson 
was finna, uh, you know, get a, get, a, get a nice pass thrown to him. Nope. They was like, nope, we're not with it. I'm <laughs> not going to do that. They out here playing close. Joe Ham, get it. And they, they throw it at Joe Ham. And the freaking DB was like, no. I'm like, dude, this, go, this is what goes on. You know, Calvin Justice, it is. So, like, what is this? But – I, I am I am just looking to see, look, what type of scheme we're going to run on defense, what type of offense we're going to run. It's going to be vanilla. You know how it is, Kevin. It ain't going to really show it, show it. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to see, man, who's going to be healthy, man. Florida had a tight end that had a career-ending injury, so he could never play football again. They got another tight end that's out for the spring. So that tight end room is depleted. You're going to have to go to the transfer portal. And – Hey man, I'm looking to see man who trying to who trying to make a flash play. I mean, I know you're going up against each other. You finally get to go out there and do it for real. You know who can go? Because my senior man, like I said, the quarterbacks was off limits until Daryl Lee, the homie, got blindsided by Ray Snell. I mean, he got blind. And after that, they was man, they was hitting the quarterbacks so hard. <laughs> I don't know, but I had to take Chris Lee and them boys out. But I'm just I'm just looking for them boys to go out there and kind of show a little glimpse of how uh, how the fall gonna look a little bit. Yeah, we've got more to come here on three and out. Maybe we get a glimpse of what college football looks like. Nick Saban weighing in, NIL. Is he right? Is he complaining? Where is it? We'll get Ben's thoughts on that when we return to 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out, on this Thursday. Well, Nick Saban has weighed in on name, image, and like this, saying, hey, the current model of college football is not sustainable. Now, Davos Swinney caught a lot of grief for basically saying the same thing. Like, uh, is this what we want it to be? And people said, shut up, Dabo. He, every time he says something, people uh, really get mad. Uh, then Nick Saban says it, and it's either, oh, Nick's complaining. You're making $8, 9000000 million a year. Uh, Nick, what are you complaining? But he said, quote, Ben, the concept of name, image, likeness was for players to be able to use their name, image, and likeness to create opportunities for themselves. That's what it was. So last year on our team, our guys probably made as much or more than anybody in the country. Okay, there's a little recruiting pitch going on there from, from Nick Saban as well. But I think he also goes on further in that interview. It said, we have to decide if this is what we want college football to be. Is it just unfettered name, image, likeness? Are we allowing boosters to get involved with name, image, likeness deals? Are we just handing out money? And he said, went further and said, look, I don't want to create a cast system on my own team where my quarterback's getting a million bucks, my running back's getting $10,000, and my third string guys are getting 100 bucks. And people are starting to get, you know, kind of jealous. He's like, I, I think if we, if we want to do it, let them make deals. And everybody on the team gets it. Everybody on the team gets the same thing. We have a contract. Contract says, hey, this is what you're going to get and move on. Not Well, I can get more from over here. I think coaches and and BJ, and you know this, Ben, it is about somewhat control because coaches are saying, look, I want to know what my roster looks like. I don't want to have half my team leave because some guy's offering a thousand more dollars, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's not free agency uh, necessarily. Uh, like the NFL, and even under free agency, guys are under contract. It's not like half your team can voluntarily up and leave uh, in, in in the NFL. So I think Nick's got some nice things to say. Obviously, coaches are figuring out a way to deal with it, but I think he went further to say when people get back, it's like, look, we're going to win. Like, if it comes a money race, we're going to win. Like, you want college football to be balanced, the teams that spend the most money will win. And guess what? Alabama's got pretty deep pockets. The end, and I and I think that's one of those things where people say, well, why is Nick hating on it? And I, I don't think he is. I think Nick is simply saying the way it's going, if you want a competitive college football, you're going to have to figure something out. Because if you want fairness across the board, where we're going is not going to work. Because me, Georgia, Texas A&M, Texas, 
Ohio State, we're going to win. Why? Because we can pay whatever it takes and call it name, image, likeness. Right? And so I think he has some good ideas uh, out there as well. And, and we talked about this when the whole paying players thing came up bit. From the get-go. Okay? Starting quarterback get more than the third-string quarterback. Offensive linemen get more than the backups. Do safeties get more than D linemen? Like, how does that work? Uh, if you're going to get into some of that stuff, and, how, and does that create animosity amongst guys who necessarily didn't sign contracts? They came to play, get education, do that sort of thing. Whereas in the NFL, if you start complaining about what you're paid versus somebody else, you can turn around to that person and say, well, I mean, you and your agent negotiated that deal, right? I mean, you're the ones that signed the paper. And so I think that's what he's talking about with college football. And I do think from the standpoint of if you're going to turn it into an arms race, you're not going to have a lot of parity in college football because, again, there's only so many programs that can financially keep up. And and just pay whatever it costs for it, right? I mean, as you're seeing, yeah. And I, dude, is Nick Saban making a good point? Yes, when he's saying that, I think that they also just signed a contract. And make, but he, he said he did not. He wasn't against players getting money. Yeah, he did yeah, say I, that. I, I will I, say this. I th- I, th- I think you make a good point though when he says every player should get a contract, every player should get something. I agree with that. I I, I do wholeheartedly agree. But think about this, Kevin. This is the thing about Nick Saban. Nick Saban is the greatest coach you know in college football. When Nick Saban is doing his contract, he's saying, "Look, man, I mean, I'm, I'm making good money, man. Make sure these are see what 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 you what you've uh, it it is it is a system that favors the elite. Nick Saban is saying what he's saying because he's one of the elite. Nick Saban can say these things because I was winning with and without naming them as likeness, right? But the thing is, you can only speak for you. See, Vanderbilt is in the SEC. They be like, "Look, man, what the <laughs> hell, y'all? Like, what what are y'all talking about?" Because I think what happens is this. It's not as much animosity as you think. Because, Kevin, this is what I think NIL was. NIL is that reality check. Everybody thought that I was marketable. Everybody thought I was going to get the big dollars. Okay, well, now you out here. Now you can negotiate. Now you can get it. And it's not as easy as you think because you take the young man out of Texas that went to Ohio State, never played it down, now he's going to Texas. Signed that big deal, skipped his, skip his senior year of high school to go to Ohio State. Other, other companies are looking at that saying, wait a minute. So the market will decide for itself. The market going to decide. I, I well, I mean, I think part. that to me that's the interesting debate because is the market going to decide? Cause we, and, and when does that happen? Are we three, four years down the road before that happens? And as I, my question was, how many deals are happening under the guise of name, image, likeness that aren't necessarily that? It's just simply a workaround to land recruit, kind of like, what Jimbo is getting accused of. He yeah. said, look, no, we just recruited our butts off. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, but you also have people coming out and say, hey, if you come here, you're going to get this. Offensive lineman, don't even know your name. You're going to get 50000 Sight unseen. Like, is that name, is that marketing, or is that a payoff? No, so, 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 I mean, yeah, you're right. You right. Look, look am, I, am I mad at Jimbo Fisher? No. Jimbo Fisher says, look, man, they are putting it out there. This is what they can do. And Boos was like, did you hear him? <laughs> uh, we heard him. And 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 look, and these protocols go into place. I am with, I am not with um the name and image likeness uh, uh platform and, and uh as far as like making sure uh these guys get money down there in Florida's called Gators Collective. And they had, that's the name of the image likeness uh platform in Florida. I do not know how much money these players get. I do not care 
how much money these players get. I am happy that they're getting it. But out of all the athletes at Florida, every last one of them is not with Gators Collective. But they'll come out and say this, Kevin. Boosters, alumni, uh, you know, people that want to donate. For a cost of a cup of coffee, six bucks, you can be involved. <laughs> now, I get, I, I, I get that yeah. part. I, but let's face it. All the cups of coffee in the world, ain't gonna, that's not going to get it. But what Texas A&M did really is boosters and they sent up a flare. Every other booster for every other school saying, oh, that's what it's going to take? Yeah. So what Nick Saban is saying is, look, man, let me just go ahead and give you all a warning. Y'all ain't going to like the way we do it because we're going to still get them. Right? And I'm like, but at the same time, I say, Nick, yeah, you can only get 25. No matter how many you want, you're only getting 25. Now, are we talking about preferred walk-ons now getting money? Because they can. I'm not taking no. So, if, I mean, Kevin, think about this. But that was the idea is that anybody, when it was, was started, I was like, hey, we can't even go out and do X. Okay. That's, that's perfectly fine. Hey, we can't go get a job. We can't use, I'm the starting quarterback at Team X. Let me go sign some autographs and get some scratch. Now it is sight unseen. You come here, we will do this. Yep. And, and again, I'm not saying I I fault the players for doing it. Is there? I, I'm simply saying that the NCAA has done nothing to kind of even monitor what's going on. No. And so teams have said, "Oh no, the NCAA well, we is doing it the right way." They're saying, "All right, like, look when when." But I mean, but, but but the whole thing has become kind of a joke because you've had. I mean, now I mean I would imagine Michigan, the Fab Five are probably looking at all this going on, going, I mean. All we did was take shoes and stuff, allegedly. Maybe, maybe a little yeah. more, but I'm saying, but like, all, all we did was like clothes and a few. I'm like, now dudes are getting million dollars. And that uh, young kid, as you said, the young kid, uh, yours, went to Ohio State, got a million dollar name, image, likeness deal, did not play, and is not even at Ohio State anymore. No. So uh, th- that's the kind of stuff that I think makes an eyebrow go up a, a little bit and say, are we simply bringing the what used to happen in the McDonald's bag, mm-hmm. Jeremy Pruitt, and are, we just, are we just taking it into the open? Well, well, I mean, uh, what is, what is, okay. Like, a, we, we don't care about the marketing. There is a, Here's your money. Come here. There, mean, is, there, is, there is a young man who lives in New Orleans. His last name is Manning. His first name is Arch. Short. He, 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 they didn't name him Arch. He had this great name. They didn't name him <laughs> Arch. They just named him Arch. Now, he's going to be in the class of 2023. I don't care what school he ends up at. They're going to have to give him a bag. They're going to have to do <laughs> I mean, it. Yeah. And, 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 Kevin, these are the things that we know, right? Like, the name alone, 2004 NFL draft. Archie Manning comes out and says, my son, Eli, grown man, will not be playing for the then San Diego Chargers. You didn't say, I don't want to be a part of it. You just did. So now the grandson just happens to come around during name and likeness. There's a kid. That hasn't even played at Ohio State. They got a million. He got a million. What uh, what is uh, I can't even think of his name right now. Quarterback out of Oklahoma that went to um, went to USC. I can't even think of his name right now. He he goes to Oklahoma. He, uh, I mean, he goes to USC. You already know. You already know Lincoln Riley was like, we better do something. All I know is Kevin. Wherever Archie, look, look. I mean, surprise! This is not this is not a uh, this is not a, a shock. My Florida Gators, they 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 in on him, and I'm like Billy. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, his I'm, last I'm, name's Manning. I'm, I'm, it's I'm, gonna I'm, take. I'm, I'm, I'm giving him signals like I'm a third base coach. I'm telling him, but I I I I do I do think that though, Kevin, we knew it was gonna be this, right? Like, let, let's not kid ourselves, right? Nick Saban is talking about it. 
Dabo Sweeney is talking about it. The, the two, the number one and red number. But are they sending up appropriate red flags saying, is this what we want it to be? Where it's simply, I mean, I guess you could say it was already that anyway, but yeah. it's simply a, a dollar's race to buy the best players. And uh, once you do that, it's that like, yeah. once you do that, it's over. Like, there's only going to be eight or ten programs that can sit always, there and, and dump that always, kind of thing. I was always of the, I was always thinking of, okay, you come in, you go to school, you go to school X, you you come in, you get this. Like, under name it, you get this for coming here. Like, we haven't even talked about what you'll get individually, but because you come here, you get this. Like a like a like a welcome package. I think that should be standard. Because Kevin, let's just call it what it is. If you go to a big school, that's the school you chose. That's not the school. That's not the that's one of the options that you chose. At a certain point, you like, dude, we we just get stuff closed that got the logo on it. Like <laughs> Because everybody gets that. I can go to the fan shop to get that. And I think that giving them something, because let's face it, man, most people ain't never seen no thousands of dollars. We act as if it's got now. You can get the meal. But, I mean, but, I think we, but I think we've gone from that to much more than that. Of course. Uh, on, on, a of lot, course. on a lot of that stuff. Because I think it is one of those things where, you know, I, you look at the young man from, what was it, Central Florida, who was like, I have a YouTube channel. I want to make, I want to monetize that because I do stuff on my YouTube channel. Nope, can't do that. Well, why not? I think people look at that and go, name, image, likeness. That's where it, that's where it applies. Hey, I'm the starting quarterback at Georgia. I got a a company, and we saw Brock Bowers. Hey, Zaxby's wants to get involved with me. Okay, you had some big plays in the national championship. People know you. That makes sense. Now you're seeing guys who don't play get huge deals, and you're just going, okay, just the simple rules of marketing would dictate, if I don't know who you are, that's going to limit what I want to do. It's like a million dollars for a, hey, 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 for a kid who has not played college football. And once so, again, national look, national appeal gets national dollars. I was told that you got national appeal, man. You get national dollars. What you mean? Well, look at the people who get marketed nationally. Tom Brady, Eli Manning benefits from paid Manning and being a Manning. So I think now, Kevin, what you're going on now is you're saying, look, man, do I want to give a local quote celebrity national dollars because? If I can't look at you and know who you are without saying this is so and so on the on the on the bottom of his neck, but you know I, I just think that you got to be careful, man. If I if I'm a booster and I want to get a player, I'm like, all right, like I can you know I'm gonna throw a couple of dollars in the hat, but I'm not I'm not my my return on investment, man. I mean, how do I how do I gauge that? But I think some people would say my return on investment is do you win the national championship? Yeah. And if you did, I guess they'll say it was all worth it. Uh, but because people are sitting there looking at Texas, and I know Jimbo's like, oh, no, it has no influence. Come on. Like, you, you, you spent a whole bunch of money on your recruiting class to get them there. Don't don't shy away from that. Again, mm-hmm. under the rules, did you do anything wrong? No. But you can't shy away from that and say it had no effect. Like, all of a sudden, College Station, Texas, is the hotbed of college football recruiting. How did that happen? Not saying you don't get any of them, but you you literally got oh, the best class and, 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 and look, and, and in the history of America. And the thing about it is, too, Kevin. I mean, it's like it's like Jimbo. Listen, listen, listen. It's in the open. It's cool. It's like we we look, look, look. But Texas, I think I agree with Nick Saban to a point. He said, "Look, is this what we want to create as the sport? Yes, like, uh, yes as an individual no. program, I could I could look at it and say it is great. As the health of the sport, I could take the long view and oh, say it's, it's gonna, good it's, and it's created it's a lot gonna, more problems. Like I said, that transfer portal. A big reason why it is filled up." It's because a lot of these a lot of these players felt as though their value was much more than what it is, man. Your value on your value once you get to college is all about what you do on the field. We've got more to come. Again, I'm sure that's not the last time any of these guys will be asked about name image likeness. 
We'll have more time to talk about that. We got more to come. Three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Braves out on the West Coast, San Diego, where the weather is always nice. Uh, they got the uh, four-gamer with the Padres. We'll see if the Braves break any of the uh, unwritten rules tonight of the uh, of the game and get the Padres all fired up. But Charlie Morton against Joe Musgrove should be a good one tonight. Want to see some of those Braves bats going. I went and double-checked. Uh, ben, you've got Eddie Rosario batting 050. Dansby's batting 160. You've got Alec Dickerson batting zero. Manny Pena, your backup catcher, batting zero. So you got some guys that hopefully get something to start falling in out there uh, in the next couple of days and have it start evening itself out. Please get a hit. <laughs> this is, I mean, I didn't know people could bat zero and 050 and all this. Please get a hit. Well, if get you don't get momentum. a hit, you're going to always stay yeah, at zero. Yeah, please get a hit. Get, a, get some momentum. Listen, the party is officially over. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything else. <laughs> Go out there and get you a win. Let's get on the road. Let's 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 get back into the win column. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I forgot about that. Like yesterday, I totally forgot about it because we were talking about the week long party and all the stuff. Yesterday was like Champions Day where they had the they had the Georgia champions and the Braves champions like celebration going on. So yeah, the party is officially over. Time to to settle in. Let's just play some baseball. Alex Dickerson, I know you're hitting the ball hard. Right at somebody. Something's got to fall in. We can't have the DH batting zero a week into the season. We'll get see. The Braves later tonight, 6.55 pregame and first pitch just after 8 o'clock. We will see you tomorrow on a good Friday. Here's 3 and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network.